0: Blah, 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 blah. So, we just figured out that, t- 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 yeah. T- yeah, when we start recording, if it there's a button stuff. playing, it yeah. stops the button. We learned a yeah. thing today.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Hit
0: the yeah. button.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. Um, no, I not love- that button Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'm
1: not going to say it this time because everybody's Cause already, 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 started, shut, and up, and already and, shut up.
0: We already shut up. I guess It started pretty quiet. Yeah, right. You finally got your wish. I right wish. Yeah. Yeah. That's what
2: happens. You're like Kevin McAllister. Hello, everyone. Welcome Hi. to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. Woo! I'm Joey Bonnier. Next to me is Sean Faw. Sean Across the table is Derek Laporte. Yep. Next to him, Tim Snow. Yes. At your service. What are you trying to do, Sean?
3: Jesus Christ, mind Afloat? your business. Okay.
2: I don't know. I a applause! I have to stop Stopping the song it. over he there so I can turn song. it back up yeah. so we can get to the thing. Okay. He's doing, Jesus,
1: he's doing Sean things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leave, leave him alone. Let him do
2: his Sean yeah. thing. Let him do his Sean thing. But letting people behind the curtain.
1: <laughs> I like I'm it. Producing
3: over yeah. here. Yeah.
2: Let the <laughs> let the fella do his job. Okay, produce. I, I'll try <laughs> to do my job and put us back onto track here. Yeah, yeah. You do track. That. And I'm gonna tell you guys what movie we watch because we watched. Oh yeah, watched a movie this week. Ivan's childhood. Yes. By oh. Andre Tarkovsky. <gasps> Andre Tarkovsky. Our first. Our first. Did. Keep Tarkovsky. your pants on, Derek. This our first time. Yeah, my pants I are would, on. I was mm. very happy to, uh, to finally watch a Tarkovsky movie. It's nice to be able to say it to people. <laughs> is this, yeah. is this the first Tarkovsky fuck. film you've ever well, seen?
3: Yeah, it's the first one I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. Mm, it's my first. Mm. Wow. Wow. Mm. Wow. Wow, as far as I know, wow, this is only wow. a second. This is
0: only yeah. I saw Stalker. I've seen Stalker.
1: Mm. Yeah. How many times did it take before you made it through Stalker? Be honest.
0: No, 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 uh, no. Oh, that's just only what it's two. Said on the restraining order. too two. Okay. Yeah. All, right. All right. Now Solaris, I've watched five times. <laughs> and never made and it through. I, I've tried Mirror three times. <laughs> Yeah, it's just I watch it in bed. I mm. keep watching it. In yeah, bed. Mm. yeah, and it's a mistake. It's a mistake. They're yeah. slow movers. Mm. You know, yeah. it's yeah. think cinema. It's tacit cinema.
2: It's tacit. tacit.
0: Yeah, yeah. It means uh means not with your not with your thinking brain.
3: Tacit. Mm. Yeah. You tacit. might not have seen it, but your brain did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sort I, I like that, Sean. That's it. I that's know.
2: A I, I like that. I yeah. love. Oh, it's Mr. homage. Um, yeah. yeah, that's fun. All right. Um, so let's uh, tell the people what this movie is about. So, uh, Sean, pass. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> I
2: didn't
3: know that yeah. was an option. <laughs> yep. yep. So,
0: uh, long story short, the uh, the story is a uh, an orphan boy whose family gets killed in uh, a Russian village after a Nazi invasion. Sort of navigates his way through World War II using his like size to make him useful as a spy, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, yeah, and he he works as a youth operative, uh, and uh, Derek. Nope, that's <laughs> him. Well, it's a st-
2: he's making his way through the war, and and he kind of follows along these specific soldiers, these these three guys. And then he meets this this nurse as well named Masha. He never yes. met the nurse. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, no. The nurse is just kind of there. You're right. She's never, just there. Never actually, <laughs> they never actually they never met. Sure. Her. That's, that's true. interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, Derek, yeah, why don't you continue?
1: <laughs> okay. All right. So, so there's like, uh, so he gets captured at the very beginning of the movie. He kind of gets captured, but it's by the R- Russians. It's yeah. his own men. Uh, they don't know him right yeah yeah he's from like another another command or something and uh so he he demands demands that that they come and they they call his commanding officer number 52 or something 51 51 sorry uh and so then uh they call him and then they send over uh i think the guy's name's col colin 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 yeah and uh so they send him over to uh To uh, meet with a kid, he kind of has it like a father, the the closest to a father son relationship that of the group, I would say. Kind of. I don't remember kissing my dad that much. I don't think they kissed. They hug. All
4: right, I think you're seeing things that aren't
1: there. But um, Uh but yeah, they 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 hug and like uh, it's it's like they're glad to see each other in the beginning. You kind of get this. Father, son, kind of thing sure um anyway uh that guy's actually the other guy's superior, which is golf Golstov, golfstav yeah and uh and so then there's a there's kind of a side story which deals with a nurse who uh I feel like they probably both have feelings for um but because she's the only woman in the war, possibly because she's the only woman in the war, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, but one of them is very kind of the the senior officer is a bit more pushy and some would say kind of rapey, way too, pu- yeah, rapey, too pushy. Colon, and, right? Um, it's colon, yeah, yeah, it's colon. Who's- and so, uh, so, uh, we get to, so that's kind of a side story about that and about how Gustav handles that. And then, uh, and eventually, and also there's a whole thing that they're wanting to send, uh, they're wanting to send Ivan to military school because he's, you know, a kid really, (laughs) honestly, and shouldn't be out there fighting a war and everything, but he doesn't want to do that, refuses to do that. Kids Um, love war. He runs away. He runs away, threatened, and then he threatens to run away even when they send him off to the military school or whatever. And finally they go across the, the river to get these Two guys who had been uh who had been hung there mm-hmm. kind of like uh to well get hung. them back, yeah and um to bring them back uh, it's, it's a uh that's not a good joke <laughs> thats a real bad joke <laughs> yeah, you just ignore the really Jesus, yeah, okay, uh and so then uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to draw attention how bad that joke was uh anyway. And so then uh, they bring him back over to like bury him. Uh, Ivan runs off, and then we kind of flash forward to the end of the war. And Ivan, like uh, the only one who's kind of survived basically is Golstov out of the group. And um, he realizes that Ivan died and kind of like in this place that he was captured by the Germans. And we see a little bit of like uh, newsreel footage, kind of like actual documentary footage of uh of real nazi germany true it was that's that, real okay yeah, yeah it felt was was that actually gerbil's family? family yes no. that whole thing was actually true yeah um but that was actual footage that's actual footage yeah
3: oh. yeah, yeah that's yeah yeah for I, i'm in a moral quandary too. there why, <laughs> why are you Sean? in a moral quandary um i mean for like I realize that this is a you know, a true story movie, but Mm -hmm. like I don't know, something about showing actual dead people in a movie is I don't know. There's there's a weird line there where like I feel like it's definitely okay in a documentary once we get into a narrative story. So you don't like blending
1: two things? Yeah, footage of of the dead body.
3: Yeah, I mean, if it was like if it was fake fake news, footage, I would have absolutely no problem with okay. it. It's not what's shown; it's that it is that. It's not a reinterpretation. It's not art. It's not a reimagination. I mean, it, you know, art is debatable, and we can do whole shows on that. Mm-hmm. But it's not you know a a a creation of this thing. It is actual people lying there, actually dead.
2: Mm-hmm. i I kind of I'm sorry Sean are you, no, no, are you go for it. I kind of agree with you um in some senses but i I, I wrote this down because I kind of was I was 50 50 on this um I liked the connection I liked what it did story wise I thought it was really interesting how he played it off mm-hmm. um, you know the innocence of the children you know the, the, because it wasn't just the Goebbels killed himself yeah. it was he killed kill his family first mm-hmm. um, I like that I thought it was a good connection but I mm-hmm. kind I wrote here I thought it did lose a little bit of the momentum with the main story mm-hmm. um, and maybe, the, and, and I don't know about that. Maybe that's just kind of looking too harshly at it. Well. But, I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: Oh, no, the, the, the whole story just kind of falls apart at that point because that's, like, essentially when the kid, you know, starts going off on his own, we never see him again, and, spoiler alert, he ends up dead. So, mm-hmm. like, we just kind of spend the last, like, 20 minutes of this movie kind of hanging out with people that, like, you know, just kind of hung out with this kid. So, I don't know, it's just a... it. it I think that that, whole. I I guess my point is that whole story just kind of falls apart at mm -hmm. that point. All that forward momentum is gone because we never see the kid again, and we're just kind of waiting.
2: I think this goes at the the heart of the question of of what's the story about. So I'm just gonna. I don't know, because I think that to, to me, I'm just talking to what I think is that it's such a multi-pronged critique of war. Sure. And I think it's tough to say the story is this, this, or this. Um, and I'm not, and again, I, I don't, I know Derek's going to have a lot here, Derek's so I'm just going to. Derek's
1: gonna, <laughs> popping a boner
0: on so, the So yeah, table. I'm just going to go to you, Derek. <laughs> Derek, what, 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 what's,
2: the, what's the story uh, okay, about Okay, well, here?
1: I, I, so, so uh, somebody actually asked him, what did you want to express in your first film? Uh, this was in a, I got a book of, uh, I should reference this. Uh, Andre Tarkovsky interviews. Uh, this is from an interview he did with Patrick Burrow back in 1962.
0: Patrick Sephora. Burrow? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Bu- ah, Burrow.
1: NBC's. Burrow. Patrick no. Burrow. Oh, uh, sure. He said, what did yes. you want to express in your first film? He said, I wanted to convey all my hatred of war. I chose childhood because it is what contrasts most with war. The film isn't built upon plot, but rests on the opposition between war and the feelings of the child. This child's entire family has been killed. Uh when the film begins, he is in the midst of war. So that's what he says about it. I mean, he talks to yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think
2: I think it's a nice notion that childhood is the opposite of war. You know, the the innocence, yeah. the the memories we have is 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 the most pure thing we have. And that's that was the last thing I even thought of.
3: But as a, I don't know, as this movie just kept reminding me that like so much of childhood is war. <laughs> like, well, for him. Well, no, I mean, just in general, like children tend to have a natural sort of fascination with war. Like, you know, kids left to their own devices without video games will kind of naturally start playing war. And with video games, they'll definitely start playing war. Like, mm-hmm. there is just this sort of draw to that as, like, even when he's yeah. left alone, he's still playing soldier. Like, there is this sort of I don't know, this sort of like childishness to war in general that is like partially part of the reason that we use children to fight our wars. But secondly, just kind of innate to that younger testosterone sort of thing. Yeah,
1: And see, I think that that then is somewhat at least a defense for having documentary footage. Yeah, no, I, that's why I'm conflicted. It gains, it gains that weight because this is the reality. He's saying something with it. Yeah. So yeah, the whole time, you know, even if you're, even if you're like watching this movie and even if you're engaged and everything like that, it's not necessarily as real to you. And then you see that and you can't help but, Feel that he also way. chose two you
2: Germans. Know. He chose a German general and his mm-hmm. family, and obviously Goebbels and his yep. family, as opposed to a Russian.
3: It's easy to yeah. dehumanize the other side. Right? Where is the line between that and snuff? Where is well, the that's, line? Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean you know. Show, again, the difference between. Uh, a you know I, I keep wanting to say like Hollywood fabrication, even though I know this isn't Hollywood, mm-hmm. but it's still that same concept. Well, Snuff like, is killing on camera. Right, right. right? But like, yeah. you know, this is just the moment after. So like, you know, that that line of like, we didn't actually see them die, but we see these dead bodies. Yeah. Um, I, you know, again, I'm not necessarily opposed to it, but I do think there is... I don't know something a little off-putting about it. It is meant to be off-putting, but there's levels to that off-puttingness. Mm. Interesting. Um, Doesn't have to be.
2: I just thought uh, I, I've seen a lot of war movies. I'm gonna be so I'm, I kind of have to put it up with a lot of other war movies. And honestly, it's so goddamn great. Uh, I know that sounds like so simplistic, but this movie is really hit me on a really like harsh like level and a deep level. Um, I got. Echoes of Terrence Malick at some points, just like the way that he interwoved the, the dreamlike states of childhood with the, just the modern warfare of it was so like seamless and I don't know, it, it really did hit me. So I think that all of the, the moments with Ivan and, and, and the innocence of his childhood really did work. Um, so I don't know, I just, it, it followed me a lot. And then at the end, I did, I was thrown by it because I wanted to kind of just stay with Ivan and his story and mm-hmm. his final stuff. But I did get it. I mean, I totally was like, okay, I see your connection. But I don't know, just the whole story worked so well on every other level that it was almost like, oh, I don't want to leave um, the world that I was in right. for two yeah. hours or whatever it was. Yeah. I don't know, what do you think, Tim? Do you kind of?
0: No, I agree with that. Uh, I. It was just... <clears throat> it was so effective in placing us in the perspective of this child that's surrounded by something that's like terrifying that he doesn't understand. Um, and the way that, the way that Tarkovsky does that through just cinema
2: is just yeah. astounding. Yeah. And when you say cinema to me, it really is like a, I said, like I said every it's a facet word. of that. Totally. You know? uh, we're going to get to the sound. sorry. I know you guys won't hate me saying that, but the way they use the music Effects, yeah. background sounds. It's almost it's yeah. It's so, almost like
0: psychological, on a certain. It,
2: it really. Level. It's it's using all the elements of film that should be used, and and again, most movies today kind of do it. It's just that it, it's rare. It, it, I would say it's like a man escaped, and that there's not a lot of movies we've seen that really use a, all those elements yeah. to this. They're not working all you know full mm-hmm. on full are Not really painting with all the colors of the wind. You know. Yeah. But, like, Jesus yeah. Right. <laughs> We're getting too. uh, Yeah, Sean's getting upset. We're getting. We're getting too pie in the sky here. Yeah, pie in the sky. Okay. (laughs) Well, we're still. We're talking about (laughs) the story. I don't don't know know we're still on the story. I I guess.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah. I, one of the things that's interesting.
3: I don't so, know what
0: you did. I just saw you angrily cross something <laughs> off and then shrug <laughs> dramatically.
3: So uh, as, as long as we're taking peeks behind the curtain today, okay. we, before this episode, we spent a lot of time talking off mic about how we were going to get rid of first impressions. Yeah, it's gone. But essentially, I you just rolled right into I, first impressions. I just which one. is gave I know. But, oh, my God. That, I, <laughs> you, that was everything you pitched us not doing. So that's why I'm getting over I thought it was natural. You don't have to
2: just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should have
0: just rolled with it. Um, um, so sometimes so, we go off script, even nope. though we just talked about the script. <laughs> exactly. for an hour.
1: So, so one of the things we that's didn't interesting. You. So was, he says that's that's awful. what the Definitely what the first. story is about, but he didn't actually write the story. And apparently he was kind of pulled onto it after it already had the script and they had, I guess, fired another director or oh, uh, wow. I don't know if it was I don't think it had shot yet. I don't think they had started shooting, but it was in pre-production and they had fired the director off of it and he got hired on for it. So it's kind of fascinating because so much of him is still in this, even though he's just essentially a hired on director for this film. Um, and you'll like when we go through the other ones, you'll notice there's a lot of like motifs that he deals with. Um the very first shot in this will be echoed in the very last shot of the last film he makes it's kind it's very similar there's a child and a tree involved basically um and it's it's the same movement right um and uh that and then of course like uh the obsession with uh uh like water and fire and all all these things that kind of like move and that are dynamic and that are like natural earth kind of things. I wanted to real quick, uh, since we're kind of still in story, I wanted to read one thing that I thought was kind of interesting where he talks about, uh, uh, so he did an interview with, uh, Tonino Guerra, who is a famous, uh, Italian screenwriter who wrote for like Antonioni and Fellini and, uh, and actually wrote with Tarkovsky on a on a n- nostalgia, I think. Anyway, uh, he asks him, "What is your uh, earliest memory?" And he says, um, uh, "Oh, let me see. Maybe I'm reading the wrong one, guys. I'm reading the wrong one. It's the other one. Here, he has a dream that he talks about. Uh, one of my recurring dreams is about war. War had." just erupted, Uh, I seem to be cold, marching with many others stepping over bodies we could only fill the bodies with our feet because we had our eyes fixed on an enormous television screen uh, where a big expert consoled us by saying that our scientists has succeeded in finding a way to increase the rotation of the earth so that our rockets would fire faster than the enemies and in fact, we could feel the earth turning uh, beneath our feet as if we were uh, bears on a giant ball and there was this big tv screen with a fine grainy powder on it like snow over the face of a person speaking and there was also snow on us very slowly everything became a walk in the snow almost a joyful moment and then i'm walking and i only see white so it, there's a lot of even in this there's a lot of that kind of imagery right so yeah. the guy's very much he he, he always it's he makes he made he
2: managed to make this thing very personal yeah. even though he's a hired on director which is pretty incredible i think it's definitely clear yeah. with a lot of those pov shots mm-hmm. um yeah and just the way we kind of follow ivan through um, and especially I, it's so crazy because of the w- movie we just watched, which was Ballad of the Soldier. So it's just this different. Yeah. Hugely... This is what
0: I was hoping for with yeah. Ballad of the Soldier. <laughs> it's
2: like we watched Ballad of the Soldier. It was like two dimensional. This one was like three dimensional. It, it was just a big bend's kind of jump yeah. um, mm-hmm. as far as just the depth of the story. Um, De- Derek, you said this was the most accessible of Tarkovsky. Yeah. Why'd you say that? I can um, see that.
1: I think because well, it's it's one of the shorter ones, so I think Mirror <laughs> is the is the next closest in in length of time. Okay. Uh, um, but um, but I and I think that this is actually the shortest, unless you count Steamroller and Violin, which is shorter than this, which was the film he did before this as his thesis. But um, it's very much a there's a plot in this in, in a traditional sense, sort of where we move from. Okay. you know one thing like w- there there's a through line more so than there is with a lot of his other films um and i think that it's a lot more traditional he's he's he still has a whole lot of things in here which are new and unique and everything but um but it does feel like he's much closer to his references and his right. sources so it still has that kind of more I guess, traditional storytelling feel to it, Um, you know.
2: Uh, Sean, um, you seem like you were bored at parts. Am I fair to say that?
3: (laughs) Uh, Very fair.
2: um, So what what, what did you think? I mean, this was, I thought it was a narrative that I could follow, but it was still, I could see how people would be bored and there was dreamy elements and very Mm -hmm. long sequences. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, did you, would you? Were you bored because there was those dreamy
3: sequences or cause the narrative was. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is like, it's fucking beautiful. And you know, mostly um, there's some things that I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? But uh, mostly it's fucking just phenomenally shot and uh, uh, blocked and choreographed. And like, I'll talk more about camera later, but as far as like the story, I just kept thinking that like, if this thing was made by anyone else, this would just be a piece of shit. But because this is just so crafted, it's actually making this like kind of nothing of a story really interesting. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, uh, Derek kind of went through the story elements, but like they happen very, very slowly. And there's like a lot of time in between. There's a lot of time spent watching in a wide of like, shadows moving on a wall <laughs>
4: like yeah. you know think, they're really
3: pretty fucking shadows yeah. but like yeah. you know it's it, it's really fucking slow and then like the again i have problems with this like super esoteric shit of going into the you know the dream sequences and stuff like that um you know some of that stuff works well and then some of that pov shit where the girl is running through the birch just feels like a goddamn child with a amateur movie like Mm. to me that just totally fucking broke down like going into that after these like beautifully well-constructed very specific masters with super specific blocking all of a sudden we're just randomly running around these fucking woods i don't know it's not random and i know everything's probably methodically planned and there's probably a reason he showed us that fucking knot in that (laughs) fucking tree at that fucking time of day but like in the moment Fuck you, movie. But, yeah. you know, it's just so beautiful, like, everything bookending, each one of those weird fucking moments that, like, you know, you, it does still kind of, like, hold up just as as cinematography and as blocking. I think this is a masterclass. As storytelling, uh, you know, it leaves a little to be desired. Yeah.
1: I think with those, I don't remember him ever repeating that in any other movie. Those kind of, like, the kind of... It reminds me of, I, I want to call it almost like the Sam Raimi shot kind of mm, thing, you yeah. know, because you remember in exactly. evil dead. Yep. The,
3: the, when you yeah. become the spirit and you're yeah, chasing and him you're through coming, the woods. And yeah. shit. I felt a little like Exactly, um, yeah. It yeah. Yeah. feels very B-movie. I think that's why it feels B-movie. I think it is. Because that's like, I just have that association with the Raimi shit and that's sort yeah. of, yeah. Could be. Also um, uh, Endor too a little bit. Yeah, but plus that's like the only handheld in the fucking movie, right. you know, so yeah. it's like it really stands out over, uh, opposed to all of this very pristine. Like even the stuff going through the trenches, it's not Andali, but it's some of like the steadiest fucking handheld you'll see. Yeah.
2: Um, I think, and this is a stupid splitting hairs point, but I think that, um, it does have a good story in my mind, but the plot is light. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, I'll give uh, you that. I, th- I think that's kind of what you were getting yeah, at. Yeah. Too um, much plot would probably take away from this. Though. And I, yeah. And I think that Perhaps, that's, yeah. that was a good point. It is it, Tim <clears> is <throat> like, cause I think it's, it's a great commentary on war and that it's like, <clears throat> you're just fucking sitting around yeah, yeah, for yeah. a long ass time of boredom. And then there are these crazy moments of chaos and Horror. And 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 it really did show you a lot of those boring moments.
3: I I, I totally get and understand that. I just kind of come from that school of movies are supposed to be life with the boring parts cut out. So <laughs> that is to That's me very
0: reductive, though.
3: I'm very reductive. Yes.
2: How, why, why is it reductive, <laughs> <laughs> Tim? Uh, Tim, did you uh, what did you think of the story, Tim? What did I think of the story? Yeah, did you enjoy the story?
0: I didn't think the story was as important as like the experience the viewer is supposed to have exactly. watching it. Yeah, um, and so I wasn't. To me, it quite was quite so much worried about the story as as much as I was just kind of taking in the experience of this of this kid in this in this space.
3: It was the same as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like you're just in this world and observing <laughs> what's going on and like understanding these people in this time and place. But like you know.
0: Yeah, I like this one better. <laughs>
2: um, this one is probably better crafted. I'd say so. I, I like this a lot because it's about memory. And it's, a, it's not just a war film. It's about mm. the memory of war.
3: And perception.
0: Yeah. So like- For sure. And it plays with that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the most married to a point of view like, film yeah. that we've seen so far,
2: I would say. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Maybe Man Escape. Yeah, I was going to say Man yeah, Escape too. A, yeah, actually, yeah. They're yeah, so similar fair. in my mind in many ways. Yeah. I, I, maybe it's just because the point of view kind yeah, of I'm so immersiveness. Specific, yeah,
1: yeah. Tarkovsky was also a Brisson fan, so it's probably lot of Guattari. Yeah, he he nice. had a lot of a uh, lot of influence on him. Mizoguchi fan as well. You know? <gasps> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense when you see some of those like really long wide shots, languid.
2: Um, so this was 62, 62. Um, and you said it was his first film. I was shocked that you said it was his first film. Um, yeah, this is pretty goddamn impressive. This is fucking amazing. First
3: film. Wow. Any idea how he got hired to do this? Um, so how does he just pop on and and be doing this shit here?
1: So according to the thing that I heard, um, like, Ooh. uh, he had, so... Did he come from music
3: videos, or,
1: like...
2: Mike <laughs> <laughs> so, Jones of Russia. He was the
1: Sam Bear of Soviet <laughs> so, Russia. Okay. So, so, th- a little of the background, he happens to be, like, of a, of, uh, like, going out of film school around the right time mm-hmm. in Russia, in which they're going from putting out, like, like 60 movies a year to like maybe putting out a hundred. Mm. So they production was kind of ramping up. Cold there. War's ramping up. Got to um, get that propaganda
2: out. Yeah. I think this is Khrushchev's yeah. push. Yeah. yeah. For sure. It's part and, of that stuff we kind of talked about the battle of the soldier.
1: Yeah. And actually he, he apparently didn't like this film Khrushchev. Mm. Um, no he, way. He, said, <laughs> yeah, he didn't like it at all because he said we never use Children. As soldiers, yeah, and uh, uh, I don't know if he made efforts to block it internationally because I mean, it, obviously, it didn't work because it won at like uh, uh, I think it won at Venice, like hmm. the Golden Lion or whatever. Um, but uh, uh, I think that what happened is he worked. The person he worked with on his thesis film um, was DPing. I think his DP was working on on this other was going to work on this particular film. And the director got fired. So then he said, well, how about Tarkovsky? I've worked with him before. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of how he got basically uh, in, I think, through it's his a hell GP. of a graduating class. Yeah, right? It's, um, they, I mean, he, he graduated under uh, a guy named Mikhail uh, uh, Rom. No, Mikhail Rom. So who, who apparently was one of those, uh, like, there was a lot of people who... Thinks that he was probably the best Soviet uh, film teacher mm. that exists, but apparently so he created like a whole but,
3: bunch of minions. Yeah,
1: but but the I'm the thing that you hear is that he uh, shows up shows up to the first class and he tells he tells the the group he's like he's like, well, y- you want to be directors? I can't tell you how to do that. I can't make you into. There's nothing you can learn that can make you a director other than directing, and so that kind of concept, and so in a way, <laughs> yeah, and that's doesn't go thing, away. Huh? And that's the thing. In a way, like then it leaves them to kind of find. It, 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 in a lot of cases, not necessarily good, but in yeah. some cases, such as Tarkovsky, his way was different from everything else. I'll give you, for instance, I was watching this, the beginning of this film, at home the other day, and my. My wife's watched uh, um, Mirror with me. I sat, That's the only Tarkovsky film she's ever seen. And uh, she's like walking by because I was like, I, I do that fe- film festival thing and I just finished watching one of the f- festival films. What's that festival called? Uh, Hollywood Verge Film <laughs> Awards Festival. Yes. Is there a uh, website we can find that out? Uh, it's on Film Freeway. Mm-hmm. If you just search that. Anyway, so Hollywood Verge, film Hollywood, Verge, Verge, film, yes, wrote, one, film film Hollywood Verge, yes, that's oh. the one. Hollywood Verge, and uh, yeah, so so I'm watching I'm watching a, a film, and then I finish, and I switch over to the Criterion Channel, watch, start watching this <coughs> just start one, start watching some good shit. And she, <laughs> <laughs> the, the film was pretty good. This particular one was pretty good. So there are some that aren't good, but there's there's, a lot, there's quite a few that are good. Um, and uh, she's she walks by like and she sees and it's at the, the very beginning. It's the shot where he wakes up after the dream and he's inside. The, I haven't seen. Um, no, this one this, that we oh, just watched. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> No, no, no. In the beginning I'm watching of Ivan's gotcha. Childhood and and the uh, when he's inside the windmill. You I know, thought you didn't watch this movie before. No, I did. Oh, okay. I watched it a couple times. Um, uh, Sorry. but since I said that I didn't watch it, I decided to watch it and to prepare for tonight. Jesus so, Christ. Yeah. I just had to, you know. Mm. Anyway, um, so she's passing by, and she's like, "She's like, oh, that looks like a Tarkovsky shot," and Eh. I'm like, "Yeah, this is Tarkovsky film," and (laughs) she just glancing by one Mm. shot in Mm. this movie, and she says it's Tarkovsky shot, and that's the thing is, you can tell him throughout this whole movie, you know, Mm. Um, which is pretty incredible.
2: Yeah, I agree. Anytime you can, yeah, have like a distinctive style,
3: oh, totally. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it almost feels a little too blocked at some point. Like, mm-hmm. I love I, I love when the actors are in the right place at the right time you for this 4x3 to see. Yeah, there's a couple where, like, they kind of force a blocking to make those, the next shot work into the close-up or the over-the-shoulder. Like, they move in weird ways that, like, they really wouldn't, but, like, yeah, there's... Uh, I, but some of them just feel, like, so so sculpted that it just is like unreal that these people would just line up in this exact triangle so that each one of them could be clearly seen by the lens yeah like it's it, 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 <laughs> i mean it's beautiful but it's like yeah it's kind of almost breaking the fourth wall and like how much it announces itself as his mm. style mm. they hit their mark well yeah ex- most of the time so a couple looked down. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: sure, sure. Um, So let's talk about those uh, those actors. What did you guys think of uh, Ivan as a, a child actor? Main guy here.
1: Guys? Yeah,
0: I
2: thought he was great. I thought he was really good. Yeah. yeah. I, I was actually pretty good. impressed with, with, yeah. chi- with... Usually child actors are always... Yeah. I
3: don't know. He dies. He dies. <laughs> it,
1: the thing is, like, right, um, uh, it... it because we've seen now two children in war movies and our, our our first one was uh, uh what was that? The Germany Year Zero? Yeah, yeah. With, Oh jeez, yeah with the, Germany year I'm zero to forget that non non actor. Yeah. This guy clear this kid's clearly an actor yeah, yeah, um, and right. has yeah some level of experience. Yeah, you know. Um yeah. the so, ability to emote But did yeah. they
3: starve him for like six months before the production? Like
1: he's just a little kid.
2: He's so, okay. just a skinny sure. kid. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were even kid.
3: comments about how scrawny he is. Like, you know, yeah. especially when he's on the beach running around, he's pretty fucking bony. See,
2: he's scrawny. Yeah, sometimes.
3: I was scrawny like that. I
0: was scrawny like
3: that. Yeah. Think, Fuck, I'm, I'm still scrawny like that. I'm big boned. <laughs> well, isn't this lovely?
2: <laughs> okay. So, um, I, I thought, uh, for, again, in addition to the kid, I thought the other actors were again, pretty good. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know, especially uh, get, uh I'm sorry, I'm going to fuck up his name. Gatshiv. Yeah. Gaston. Gaston. I'll get his name. Gaston. Galtsev. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Yeah, Lieutenant yeah. Galtsev. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, he was really great. He reminded me of like a young Van Damme. Kind of had that yeah. look to him. But he was, he was like, you know, these guys didn't overact. They were all very subtle. And obviously this is, again, mm. Tarkovsky being a great director, but the, everyone was very subtle. You know, there wasn't a lot of exuberant, Overacting, yeah. uh, with, with all of them, even like when they were trying to be funny with with uh, with Colin, he was still he kind of bridged the line between creepy and funny and and fatherly, which was it was a tough yeah. thing to handle. His character was kind of tough because he had to really be that creepy rapist in the forest scene, and he right. had to be like a fatherly figure. And oh, I thought he was pretty good. Consuming.
1: Yeah,
2: I um I
1: I wrote about him that that he kind of. So at least the character right in this kind of uses people in a way because if you think about it, the the thing that he does with Masha right where he's like uh, come here okay now go away yeah and this kind of like all about like power and everything in a
2: way yeah I I wasn't quite sure if we were supposed to read it as though he's he he's a benevolent power he's a benevolent dictator right like right. he, he we wields all this power and then he's like you know what fine i, I give, grant you mercy i yeah. will not assault you go away yeah. i was like I, okay and then with and then the he's other thing to... too is with ivan he's
1: kind of like that father figure like i've been saying but he ends up not doing what's best for ivan what's best for ivan probably would have been to send, send him to military school because he would still be alive
2: but then again, he would just escape.
1: Yeah, you know? which was his, which was his reasoning and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's kind of like, you know, like he he has this thing where he gets him across, and then after that, he's like worried, like about like oh the clay, you know, if it would only rain to like cover up his feet. So he's got like this concern for him, but it's not enough to really,
2: you know, especially at the end when they don't really, they kind of leave him there. <laughs> they don't really go.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Also, I mean, when you're using a child soldier, uh, that's always problematic. But the the actor,
1: I do like the actor's performance on a bunch of different parts. Like there's the part where, um, so Gustav or whatever his name is. he's Gustav. 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 Okay. So when, he, when he's uh, first, first we're introduced to Masha when he's getting on to her, right? About the whole thing. And he's not as like harsh with her until... Colon enters right, and then after that, there's like a there's like a reaction shot where it's just kind of this the the actor does this really subtle thing where he's just like kind of smirking Mm -hmm. about it, like kind of enjoying the fact that she's getting in trouble. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But it's like really subtle, but it's there. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Tim, what'd you think? Did you like the? different characters the acting <laughs> how'd, how'd you feel
0: uh, yeah I, I liked it all I didn't I honestly I didn't find anything incredibly special in any one performance I thought it was all it all just like in, in movies like this I kind of see the acting is all just kind of serving the whole
2: okay mm-hmm. you know sure I agree and uh, yeah it was it was all well executed you like the whole yeah, yeah big fan of the whole I thought the characters were really three-dimensional like, yeah. like a, a lot of times in more everything movies, in this
0: movie is three dimensional.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the I, screen. I just think a lot of times in more movies you get these. Okay, he's a villain character. He's the ba- you know he's the he's the friendly, loyal soldier. He's that. These guys really did have a lot of different facets, and especially for you know, <laughs> you know, coming from a Russian perspective, I guess to me, I, w- I was not expecting that. I was expecting uh, much more simplistic stuff, more propagandic, more propagandistic maybe yep. propagandist so yeah thank you uh, no. I, so I was really impressed with it you know they were showing defaults and the, of these characters and, and and how they were really heroic in times but I don't know it was it wasn't just one or two things okay I'm talking too much so um, <laughs> no no nah, I can just the right amount yeah let's move on What <laughs> Sean can we uh, play a game please uh, I,
3: I don't know, can we? How do we play games? Gentlemen, are you ready to play the most fabulous, wondrous game on the internet? Are you ready... To figure out how much these fucking movies made when they were released, long times ago when they were in the before, when the, the domestic are you gonna gross name is the thing. The, are you gonna name what we're playing? Because I'm just bringing up this stuff. <laughs> the stuff. <rest. laughs> Guess, oh, Guess, Guess the gross. Guess the gross. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're cutting. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do. So, uh, gentlemen, today we're going to be uh, guessing the total Whoa. domestic gross product uh, or total domestic gross of some movies where the Russians are good guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. a short list. <laughs> you would be surprised how fucking hard it is to find these goddamn movies. Uh, there, short it a long list time is of applause, yeah. Dude. Thank you. Shortlist Mm -hmm. is is very, very true here. So, uh, gentlemen, (sighs) Vladimir Ivanov walks into a department store to buy blue jeans, walks out with a girlfriend, an immigration lawyer, and a buddy. His life and theirs will never be the same again. His life. Yeah, his life and theirs. Uh, In 1984, directed by Paul Mazursky, we have Moscow on the Hudson in
1: 1984. What the fuck? Yeah, what is this movie? This
0: is Robin
3: Williams as a a Russian immigrant who... (laughs) Uh, declares his defection <laughs> in a department bulky. store. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> this is the precursor to uh, uh, Perfect, Perfect Strangers. Rangers, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. my God. Okay. See. Um, <laughs> uh, again, 1984. Um, really, no one else I recognized as far as like names or stars in this movie. Uh, just something I saw when I was like 10 and kind of thought Robin Williams is funny. Um, but yeah, Moscow and the Hudson, okay. 1984. Yeah, what did it make, Joey? 43. $43 million says Joey. Derek? $820,000. Eight hundred and twenty dollars Says Derek. And Timmer? 9.8 mil. 9.8 million. Um, That is some Matthew motherfuckers. Uh, I think that For goes to Joe... G- Fuck you. Derek. Or, no, no. Timmer. Timmer. <gasps> Timmer. Yeah! yeah. Timmer. Comes in at Whee! $25 million. Wow. $25 million. Moscow on <laughs> the Hudson. In 1984, $25 million. Is, that's a lot. Yeah, a lot that's of, a of money. Decent, decent. For I'm a movie that I've never even mm. heard of. I would check it out. It's not bad. It's a fun would, little comedy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the internet. How? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder if the, the library has it. Probably. It's we can check.
3: Moscow's toughest detective, Chicago's craziest cop. There's only one thing worse than making them mad. Making them partners. In 1988, directed by Walter Hill, we have red heat
1: this was the only one that i knew was going to be on the yeah first. there's very few that are <laughs> like, red like, heat if it's a movie yeah. that Arnold you think of with a good russian it's, oh, it's on this
3: Arnold list schwarzenegger? Yeah, no, it's, uh, Arnold. Arnold schwarzenegger and jim belushi paired together as a crime fighting <laughs> oh, duo in chicago
0: jim belushi sucks yeah
3: the lesser belushi he's the worst mm. yeah yeah also peter boyle um and no other I lo- names I, I re-
0: recognize. Watching Joey silently disagree with
3: things. <laughs> thinking, think it through. Yeah, that's probably you didn't think it through. Uh, uh, yeah. In 1988, what did Red Heat make? Derek, forty-two million dollars. Forty-two million dollars. The ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timmer, sixty-seven million dollars. Sixty-seven million dollars says Timmer and Joey. I said $50 million. $50 million, says Joey. The clear winner on this one is Mr. Derek Laporte at $34 million. Woo. Yay, Derek. Should have made more. because
1: Jim Belushi ain't that bad?
0: He sucks. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's bad. He's the worst. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. no appeal.
2: <laughs> Don't tell me you haven't seen According to Jim. According to Jim is just, ugh.
3: Oh, you know, gentlemen, Ugh. some mm-hmm. men are born to be heroes. In 2001, directed by John Jacques and Rond, we have Enemy at the Gates. Wow.
0: Okay. Oh, I remember. This oh, one man. This one was a
3: blockbuster. Was it? That's for you to determine. Hmm. Enemy at the Gates is starring Jude Law, Ed Harris, Rachel Wise, Bob yeah. Hoskins, Ron Perlman, no other names I care about. Coming off of Clinton's America, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, gentlemen, in 2001, what did Enemy at the Gates make Timmer?
0: 105
3: million. 105 million, says Timmer. Derek? Uh, 83 million. 83 million, says Derek. Joey? 74. 74 million dollars. Uh, you all had way too much faith in this fucking movie, uh, came in at $51 million. What um, the fuck? Joey Bonniere takes the win on that know. one.
1: I remember going You'd to love, the movie though. theater, to the movie theater and it was pretty empty. You'd know. oh shit.
2: I like this movie. Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't yeah. bad.
1: It's got a great
0: I opening. Like the, I like the ending scene.
2: No Did spoilers. He oh, he shoots the well.
3: Yeah, shoots he the, shoots something. The, A gun. Gun the gun. The gun. The
0: fires. Sniper. Yeah, the right. gun fires. Snipering. <sighs> Check fires it.
3: Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. good advice for everyone. Yep. Never make the weapon the target. All In right. 2019, Luke Passon bequeathed Anna. this year a new movie that came out Anna. uh it's about a russian spy doing russian spy shit uh she you know tries to be all hot and twirly who's in it uh this is i don't think anyone we know or care about who's the the thing i'm trying to the internet's not going as fast as i'm uh shoshana luss <laughs> cool. Hel- Helen Marin, isn't it? Um, oh wow! Yeah, no one else that really. That was a real. Uh, that
0: was a jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this was this year.
3: Yeah, 2019. Wow. Oh, yep. Right. Okay. Uh, Timber, what did it make? Five. 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 five dollars. <laughs> rubles
1: five rubles (laughs)
3: yeah no uh i like 25 million bucks 25 million dollars says tim or joseph i said 26 26 million dollars says joey and Derek, I said twenty-one million dollars. Twenty-one million dollars, Timur. You really should have stuck with five. It came in at no seven way. million dollars. Wow! <laughs> oh man! Wow! I just,
0: yeah, I can see this being like a
2: straight to DVD picture. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, is, yeah.
3: It was not good.
2: We haven't heard of it. Why do we even yeah. think it made any yeah. money? Yeah,
3: I saw it, but it, yeah, no. You saw it? I've seen everything this year. Oh wow! Just about, um, gentlemen. There's more to lose than a title. In 2018, directed by Stephen Koppel Jr., we have Creed 2. Uh. 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 In 2018, what did Creed 2 make? What did Creed 2 do? Obviously, we have Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone, Tessa Thompson, Felicia Rashad. And our starring hero, Russian Dolph Wundgren. Oh, he's the hero. No, but you know, mm. Mm. <laughs> spoilers in my mind. <laughs> uh, this movie really should have been the uh, the, the the Dolph story. Either way, yeah, uh, I mean, what did travis, Creed two yeah. make, Timmer? Seventy-four point nine million dollars. Seventy-four point nine, getting all specific. Wow. Joey. One hundred and fifteen. 115 says Joey and Derek. 85 million. 85 million dollars. One of you motherfuckers cheated up in this bitch. And that is going to be Mr. Joseph Bonnier at 115 million motherfucking dollars. Wow. Wow. Unfortunately, gentlemen, we have reached a point where we have gone through five movies and there is a tie. Ooh. Mr. Derek and Mr. Joey are tied Ooh. with two movies each. Luckily, there is a sixth movie on my list. <gasps> oh. So, gentlemen, Black Widow who <laughs> is Salt. I almost did Black Widow <laughs> in 2010, directed by uh, Philip Noyce. Uh, salt. Noyce. Noyce. <laughs> Noyce. <laughs> what did Salt make? Uh, that is starring the Angelina Jolies and uh, some other people, uh, Leave Shriver. Um, fucking no one else. All right. Okay. Absolutely no it. one else. It. All Pointed right. It in. Joey. 79. $79 million. Says Joey. Derek. 41 million. $1 million. Tim, you want to take a guess? million (laughs) dollars. 74.9 million dollars. Uh, Joey does take this round and the game. This one came in at 118 million dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, just because it has been asked for before, I did make a couple of notes here Angie Uh, Joey,
0: man. She sells tickets.
3: Hmm. for reference yes, enemy at the gate as we talked about came in at 51 million dollars its production budget was 68 million dollars not fuck. too great there Ouch. the only other one that lists a production budget was creed 2 which made 115 million you guys care to guess what the budget was there no million. Cool. Cool. (laughs) So, in general, you would take these numbers and double them to get their actual budget. So, Mm -hmm. if you take that into account, then fucking Enemy at the Gates lost a shit ton.
2: Yeah, I remember it was a bomb. For sure. And they had a lot of salaries to pay. Ed Harris. Mm -hmm.
4: He ain't cheap.
3: Nah, he ain't. He doesn't come cheap. Nah, not Ed. Gentlemen, this has been the most fabulous, wondrous game on the internet. Thank you for playing Yes, the gross. We'll see you next week. Woo. All right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so now let's talk about the sound from this movie. Oh, Drink, um, time to take a piss. Sean, let's go right to you. Uh <laughs> what, what'd you think of the uh, the music from this movie, Sean? Did you like sound it? Sound like Jaws.
3: It sounded little like Star Wars. Sound a little like John Williams. Sound a little like a lot of things. I definitely saw the Jaws. I even I, I couldn't believe how
2: Jaws-like it was at moments. Yeah. It was so I don't know, it was great the way they used those, just those piano rolls to gain tension.
3: Yeah, yeah. I
2: don't know, It was, and it's also
3: 62, so it's
2: pre-Jaws, you know, 10 years.
3: Pretty amazing, okay. So they built a time machine to rip off Jaws? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right.
2: Uh, I Out also thought Dorian. the music we just did a great job of kind of being like subtle and menacing in mm-hmm. parts. Uh, I love the way they kind of just switched it up for the dream stuff. So yeah. it was clear, this is dream sequence, this is not. Even if it's just, you know, for the audience to know. I thought it was, it was still really well done. Um, Ivan had a wonderful leitmotif, which were like these dreamy vibes that were played. It was gorgeous. They they added another piano with reverb. And everything was just so classy. Uh, I could go and talk about all these stupid terms that you guys hate. glissando, arpeggio, crescendo. Mm. They had all of them. Pizzicato. <laughs> nice. It
3: hit all, had all the notes.
2: It hit all <laughs> of them. Um, I even used like drums. I don't know if you guys remember this part where they were in the the canoe and they were about to kind of like go out into the... The Swamp, there was just these two huge Timbales hits. And it was like, wow, that's really out of place. But it was like telling you, fuck, shit's about to happen, you know? Mm.
3: What's a timbalin?
2: <laughs> tim-, tim, Timbales is <laughs> a big drum,
3: mm. that's all.
2: Um, what, what, Tarek, what is he, what's his deal with sound? Obviously this is a really advanced sound design movie. I was gonna say, I think besides A Man Escaped, this is probably our most advanced movie for sound. He likes a lot of water dripping. Yeah. I noticed notice that. that. Notice that. So he just oftentimes, likes water.
1: oftentimes he will use like a particular sound that might be uh, in a location and then he'll almost enhance it by like drawing attention to it by having it be the only sound.
2: It's the center of the mix. Um, it's crazy.
1: Yeah. So he does stuff like, like that. a with location like, motif. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like... With water, and uh, he does it um, uh, later on, like uh, like a dog barking in the distance, for instance, like
2: a. I think it was a yeah, it was a bird, maybe, but yeah.
1: Yeah, well, well, I, I'm just saying in later movies, oh, okay. he, he'll do like a single dog kind of in the distance, just to kind of set up this feeling. Of, I I feel like it gives more th- three dimensionality to everything, for sure, and you do feel more like in a place. And I don't know, how did, how did the water dripping make you guys feel? Like, did that give you a feeling of any type or did you just want to go to the bathroom? A
3: little bit of that. The the time (laughs) I really noticed the water dripping was that transition from the, um, in the, the well. So Mm -hmm. he's like laying on the bell on the bed and his hand is like dangling over and there's little drips of water Mm -hmm. like dripping off and you kind of get like the impression there's like some sort of. You know, water torture thing going on or something, Mm -hmm. but then it like kind of transitions into this weird like dream memory thing. But I thought that acted as a good focal point for a transition into something that was not within this world. I thought that was a, you know, it is kind of the way like, you know, when you're. When you space out on something, and you just your brain kind of hones in on just one little, like almost um, uh, meditative tone or something, mm. and it just you know allows you to to access those memories a little bit more clearly. Um, I think you know that's just a little bit of that 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 sort of gateway door that he was opening there. Oh, we'll get to gateways in a bit.
2: I think it's. it's I'm totally right, Sean. I think it's just like uh, sounds are those kind of keys to our memories. Yeah. We always kind of remember. I always remember where I first was when I heard a song for the heard a first song for the first time.
3: Um, Sound is the second best memory trigger. Mm. Do you know what the first is? Trauma. Smell. <laughs> Smell.
2: Oh, is it really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. If you
3: like uh, study for version. a test with specific smells and then re-smell those tests while you, or smell those smells while you're testing, it will like enable those pathways in the neurons to fire a little bit more succinctly. The problem is you have to pick a new smell for every yeah. test.
0: Well, you could just smell cocaine.
3: That's for, true. That works too. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. uh, Get a that's, good whiff. Yeah, it's a good whiff. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, I, I thought also the cuckoo in the beginning was another great example of this.
3: The, uh, yeah. the back to the future opening.
2: <laughs> yeah, and He used it a lot. And I, you know, <laughs> it, it was nice the way they kind of transitioned out of it. So it, when you went out of the dream sequence, you had a little cuckoo sound or a scream sound that reverbed throughout. Yeah. And it just was a nice transition. It, it was all. a nice
3: announcement that we're in a new world. Yeah. As much as I didn't like, like the, as much as I don't like the crazy artsy esoteric bullshit, I do like when you fucking tell me that we're going into that place. Yeah. As far as the drops, um, I,
2: thought, I wrote down a couple things with them because I liked how they were used in many different ways. For instance, one way was when he was falling asleep and the drops were kind of meditative and it was just allowing you to fall asleep oh, with him. Yeah. I, at least I thought so.
3: I, yeah, when you say maybe. drops, I just think you mean like, you know.
2: Oh, sorry. Water. I, I mean, yeah, Water <laughs>
3: drops.
2: Uh, and also I thought that one of them was a nice transition out of it. Uh, the other one was just, I thought it was like erosion. You know, these Chinese water tortures, you kind of mentioned this, just yeah. the boredom of it. And 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 I keep doing this with my hands, but it, it kind of, it, it
3: made <laughs> he's me- He's doing a uh, sprinkling motion. Yeah, I'm sprinkling the water. <laughs> he's a priest <laughs> yeah. walking the aisles and throwing holy water on us. But at first I was annoyed because it? drops are cliche.
2: Whenever you are in an old- Building a cave, it's really easy to fucking put water drops in there. Yeah. But I, I thought that he did it in a, in a certain way that was had, had motivation, that's all. And I mm. thought that it wasn't overdone too much, even though the sound of it was right in the mix was really high. So, I don't know. I wasn't too bothered by it, I guess. Yeah,
3: it was high, but it wasn't the only thing. When it gets cliched, it's the only thing to, like, drive home that isolation of, like, ramping up horror movie everything. This is just, like, you know, this is the most thing you notice, but the rest of the world is still kind of there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, there was one moment I thought was really interesting. They sh- when we met the crazy old man, you know, when, when his, his house was knocked down and we left him, uh, we he sh- we just see them close the door. And then there was an interesting sound effect of him locking the door. Right. You know, like and there was like a lot of locks. It was like three locks. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. It was exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was with that? Actually, I was kind of, I have two minds about this, Derek. What did you think about that? What was the reasoning?
1: So I, he does a... He does a thing later in Nostalgia where um, basically it's the middle of this room and there's only a doorway and uh, the guy visiting the kind of crazy old man like walks just across the thing, but the old man still goes through the doorway. Kind of like this... Like, the, I, there's not a better example okay. in the world well, of living in the past. What were
3: great, you questioning about it? Yeah. Were you questioning the lack of locks on the
2: door to match Othery the sound? sound. It or was a cho- the, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it was, it was obviously a choice, right, to add that sound in there. He could have just mm, closed the door. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to lock it. I thought either there was, he was just doing it for a, a literal reason, but I thought it was more like he's trying to say, okay, the guy's crazy. He's locking a door when, you know, clearly there's no wall you right. know or the symbolic reason which is more you know lofty more i'm i'm shutting myself off from the world kind of thing
3: well yeah that's certainly there i think that that uh, you know he is the hermit the hermit without a hermit hole, essentially, but he 's still going to roll this door and boulder in front of his you know hole um, you know it is it, it's it, I think it 's a commentary on just the habit of humanity, like you are going to just continue on with like these ridiculous rituals that don 't matter anymore, even though the rest of the walls aren 't there. the door is still there, so i 'm going to use the door. I could walk over the fucking wall which would make more sense and be more efficient but no this is where the door is this is where my home is that's how i'm going to use this thing same as like when we're introduced to that moment he's walking around with a picture trying to find a nail to hang it up and i thought that was funny as fuck you know you look there and you pull out and it's a there is nowhere to hang this picture but that is his mentality that is his fucking you know priority in that moment everything is destroyed I care about this, you know. That is uh, to me. That was that whole scene. It's just that the the urge to stay human, even through all of it. I I think that's
2: wonderfully astute, Sean. Seriously, (laughs) seriously, (laughs) yeah. You really got. Sometimes I say things I can't say any better. Um, (laughs) Very good. Yeah, very good. Uh, I don't know. I I guess I'm going to be done. I don't want to talk anymore because everything was really good. Like the music was really good. The dialogue was was even good. There was a couple moments where the ADR was a little off, but. I don't know, The sound was just overall
3: really classy, and I, and I like. There's that the- one goddamn time the firework hits the yeah. water, <laughs> oh, and there's okay. this like little no, thing sound, <laughs> and it doesn't happen ever again, and it drives me fucking nuts. Like yeah. it was like this magic little thing, and then like he just like ignores it, and it feels like an accident, but it had to be on purpose, and I don't understand. And things make me mad that's yeah. okay <laughs> yeah, war there's is a, unsatisfying exactly so, there, war doesn't a, happen the way I want it so that's a that's a so those
1: flares that's a weird sound and then there's another weird sound too so in the well, there's a couple fire. different sound or, effects for
3: them too I, yeah.
1: those, those are flares that they're shooting up because remember they got the Germans are like shoot a flare so we can see. Right. it's then, still
3: it's mortar flares though, so it's oh, like okay. a it still ah, has that you. sound of like falling mortars. There's oh, just okay. no real explosion; it just fizzles out oh, into cool. the water. So,
1: so then you would say that's probably the accurate sound of that. I mean, yeah, yeah so that I did, I wasn't
3: bummed by okay. it or bumped by it. It you know I don't know um, that it's completely accurate, but it's probably close enough. Gotcha.
1: So there was another. The, so one during there's one during the dream. So the first dream that the movie starts out on when the Mom is there and like she does this. There's like a mechanical sound mm-hmm. as the camera light like goes towards her. Like the and I couldn't I, I've listened I've watched it several times and I still can't quite figure out what it is, but it sounds really sounds really like maybe like a tank or something, yeah, like heading towards her or Maybe, uh, maybe like the things we see later, which are those, uh, like I guess cannons or those cannons, the things on the wheels. Oh, the
3: dragoons or whatever. Yeah, I I don't remember the exact moment, but my assumption is just the sound of war. You know, the Mm. the machine, the war machine coming, like whatever that is. That is the end approaching.
2: Yeah. At one point, I thought it was an old prop plane. It was almost Mm. like the sound of a tie fighter. You know, that kind of old prop plane because it has that sound of the the Doppler effect. You know, that kind of yeah. Anyways, whatever. We do um, see a plane. They oh, have a yeah, plane yeah. later. Crash, so, yeah. That, yeah, you know. A little be. Star Wars in there. But I, I like that. Star Wars. <laughs> First of all, it, that, that idea that that sound is slightly off is wonderful because it 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 just gives you that extra little thing that we're not quite in the real world. And right. the surreality of the dream world. Uh, that sold me a lot. And even just some of the reverb was, was really subtle, but I could tell that we were in the dream world. And I, and I like that because a lot of movies would overdo it. You know, they'd add echo to it. <laughs> every fucking line of dialogue and add right. an arpeggio and you know just go crazy and this was like again just subtly done this was go this ahead, was a time when
1: they'd have like the haze around the
2: edge of the exactly. screen yep. still
1: right where uh, it's yeah. like you're in a dream because yeah. everything's foggy at the edges yeah, go yeah. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I I just always uh, go back to the dream sequence from the the South Park episode where it's like one of the few times where they use actual humans. And it's just this this woman like looking into the camera saying, Richard, spin me, Richard. (laughs) And it's just like this super cheesy, like, you know, but that's like, you know, how those dream sequences are done. Like you said, hazy everywhere, the music Mm -hmm. everywhere, the stupid, like, you know, completely... I don't even know, like it's, uh, like this is out of place, but it's not, mm. I'm still struggling with the dreams man. <laughs> well, again, I just want to just take one note about the dreams. I yeah. I
2: love the way they were in and out of them. Yeah. You know, it was so quick and smooth, yeah, just yeah. like you were waking it up from a really fucking dream. Really well done. And yeah. and that leads me right to the the editing and the camera work here mm-hmm. because it, that that was what was so great about the sound to me was that it was just worked yeah. so well together with the cinematography. So, Sean, let's let's hear what you
3: liked and what you disliked here. I I'm, I'm sure you got a lot I mean, honestly, camera wise, mostly it's all fucking phenomenal. Um, I kind of already mentioned the things that really, really bummed me, but like mm-hmm. the main things that stick out to me are the fucking camera placement, just being and living in this wide shot, but using slight movements and the adjustments of the actor's blocking to move us around from that, that nice wide shot to all of a sudden an actor walks into the corner of the frame and it's a goes from a wide shot to being an immediate close-up. And then Mm -hmm. the actor walks further into the frame and it becomes a wide shot again as they, like, leave us. There's, you know, a lot of that where, like characters pop out of the frame being in a wide and then pop back into the frame being in a close up and like keep changing that and they even kind of brought it up towards the end like there was this scene towards the end in the the bunker where um, the woman comes in and they're having the conversation and then the woman exits the scene and I'm like oh where's she going to pop back in because I assumed she was going to pop back into the scene Mm. from somewhere new and be like (laughs) a new image and then he totally boned me that time because she had left so like the one time like I thought I predicted the movie, he totally fucked me. So I thought that <laughs> yeah. was totally interesting. Um, but there were a few of those moments that I did think fell apart. Mainly the when we went into the handy cam uh, or the handheld cam stuff, yeah. um, the wood stuff. But again, those shots in the woods, I can't say enough about those birch trees, <laughs> man. Those birch trees are fucking phenomenal right. looking. Yeah. All that that like white area that like feels like snow in winter, but it's not. And like we're you know just walking through these things where it's just this broken up pattern of but pure white. Like, Like, what we would just do on, like, a Matrix of white screen cyclorama now, we, you know, he developed and, like, made into a visually stunning fucking scene. Yeah. Kind of boring, the shit that happens in there, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it it looked fantastic. It's interesting,
1: too, because it's 133, Mm -hmm. you know, and, like, he shoots 133 in such a dynamic way.
3: he uses the whole frame. He uses it, like, wide, but, like, it's, Yeah. It is a, a filling of the frame and everything just pops in exactly where it needs to be. And everything is just meticulous. And it feels like one of those things where like, you know, if this dude's really on his shit, he's probably, you know, I I don't know anything about his process, but I'm, Thinking he's like Clint Eastwood, eight-hour days. Like you know, you set the camera, and you know exactly what's going to happen, and you get that shit done, and then you're on to the next thing. Hmm. I, am I anywhere close? Do you know anything um, about his process?
1: I so there's a I I read a account from someone who was assistant camera on mm-hmm. Sacrifice, um, and it sounds like um, it sounds like and basically the thing I remember most from kind of the way he works is. Um, every, there's not a flower. Uh, so like they were going through this field and they were picking flowers uh, because it had, it had bloomed and it wasn't right for the scene. Mm. So, and he was like in Tarkovsky, you, you know, you can't tell him not to help. Mm. He helps. So like he's down there, the director, and yeah. he's picking flowers with him and everything. Um, so I, I, I think that he's, I, I I mean, I feel like...
3: You can't get this, this one, detail without being hands-on like that.
1: Yeah, you, you, he's very hands-on. I feel like for this one, they may have had longer days than that, just because yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the pressure of the shooting schedule. Oh, totally. Yeah. I I, I, but later I, I, just on, mean I efficiency, think you're right. like you know, right.
3: Whether or not it's an eight-hour day, you were still doing, like, you know, one, two takes and getting this shit done and, like, mm-hmm. oh, just, yeah. you know, like, a master class in fucking efficiency yeah. is the way I perceive this being going yeah. down. I mean, it could be a total shit show for as far as I know but <laughs> it, you know it seems very very like structured but then again Kubrick was the same way and he'd do like a 100 takes so right. you know who's to yeah. fucking say
1: yeah um one of the things that uh one of the so there's a few really dynamic uh scenes or shots in this that kind of have been recently uh referenced so like uh true detective I mentioned when we were watching it they have like a scene in the first season that's uh, the frame is kind of exactly like with those lines going across. It's so exactly we had, the same.
3: We had that shot of Ivan. He's like on the beach, kind of surrounded by broken boats with all of the the lo- leading lines of the points of the broken right. boat wood all pointing at Ivan. But even more than that, there's things going on with the characters in the background right. and they come up and change the framing yeah, and then mm-hmm. he comes up and changes the framing and yeah. like nothing really moves, but it like everything flows. Right. He yeah. walks through it too. Yeah. I like that. And, and I'm oh, yeah. sorry, too.
2: No, go ahead. I I, I, I mean, I'm getting too symbolic here, but I, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I, you know, I, I could see, you know, his death that is kind of foreshadowed there. He's walking through yeah. to the, I Maybe don't not. think you can
3: get too symbolic in this episode, man. Yeah, but, right. yeah, yeah true. You can get that's totally true. Like, that's true. Yeah. Like that's—I think that's everything this dude's thinking about, man.
2: Yeah, I, I really—I loved it. I because I, I love those little symbolic moments where you can look at the frame and be like, oh, okay, I get what he's doing there. I get what he's doing there. You know, again, for an idiot like me, I like being like to like, oh, kind of, I can get it. You
3: know. <laughs> well, to me, I think the the ultimate thing, and I think that he does reach it, is that you don't have to get that. Yeah. Like it is intuitive more than it is. Yeah required to be critical. Like you don't have to have a film degree and sit down and analyze this to get the feeling that he was trying to get across. Totally, yeah. So like all these techniques and all these like little details that we break down, they are not there so that they can be analyzed. Yeah. They're there to add up to an experience for the audience. That's a great point. And I think that's. Definitely something he managed to do here. I totally
2: mm-hmm. felt that on the, the the scenes where we're just staring at the swamp and we're just we're just yep. slowly
3: looking at the swamp, going Fuck through you. it. Was I the only one feeling fucking uh never ending story in that one? Um, it had it had okay. a very yeah, ethereal yeah.
0: feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just mm. felt like
3: that scene where the horse is going down and he's screaming about that it. That was, was probably one and... of my
0: favorite settings in the movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That
3: was uh, was is all of this stuff location? Do we know? Is this that this
1: is primarily all location. I okay. don't know about the stuff inside that room that may be yeah. on studio. That right on. could totally be on studio, but uh but for sure he spent a very long time finding that that the locations that are outside that particular area of the river. Mm, um, yeah. I found the river somewhere. I forget which river it is. It's one right now that runs through the, like Ukraine. Mm. Um, uh, uh yeah. I don't know if the area is the same setting as where this would happen, uh, where it happens in the story or sure, not. Sure. I feel like it's probably not. It um, yeah, but, uh, all but, movies are lies. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But, uh, There's some where it'll be... It'll almost be looking like you're looking at a painting and then like there's one particular one where you're so wide, it feels like it's a painting and then you see a flare and you're like, oh no, this is real.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally thought that when, when he goes to that wide shot of the swamp and then mm-hmm. they're just gorgeous shots. They really are. Yeah. I mean, like you could just stare at them. Yeah. And I think that that was what got me was like you're right. It is meant to be felt. And I like that. And I like that in sound when it's like affecting you your lizard brain. And I do like that in, in movies when you can just kind of absorb and, and feel what you're Supposed to feel because, again, I'm kind of an idiot. So sometimes it's nice to just be able to turn your brain off and just feel what you're supposed to. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, um, so in this, in uh, I wanted to talk about one other scene too, uh, that kiss scene. Mm. Uh, they people call it the kiss scene, no, the yeah, trench yeah.
2: from this trench mouth, the trench, trench kiss ah. kiss.
1: Yeah. So, it's fantastic. It's, it's interesting. It's not something that he totally I'll could have manage. intentioned. It's not, yeah. It's not something that he totally could have intentioned. Like I think that, of course, for him, like that relation is is problematic. He's not. I I don't think it's. I don't think he's like saying, "Oh, look, look, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment." No, because mm-hmm. the feels like our our side. We're totally with her. Yeah, in that yeah.
3: whole sequence. Yeah. Um, but oh, you're saying that shot aggrandizes a rape moment. Um. Or, like, know. kind of makes us feel okay with a forced I, sort I of don't, issue?
1: I don't know because – because um, so I think if you – I think people take the still frame from that moment. Right, right. But obviously it goes back to her reaction right, after that. Right, the that. context of and the book his, ends, yeah. And even his reaction after it, which mm-hmm. doesn't seem like – he feels necessarily good with himself no, with he's the performance. Ashamed. He's right. ashamed yeah, of yeah. himself.
3: Yeah, but that moment itself out of context mm-hmm. feels like one of those Casablanca classic sort of, you know, it loving yeah. embrace moments yeah. and, and then adding the- yeah. And
1: it reminds mm-hmm. me of that, Famous uh, uh, Times Square kiss at Hell the end yeah. of the war, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the still which photo. We, yeah, the still yeah, photo, which
3: is totally faked. Which
1: is <laughs> yeah, well, is it totally faked? Yeah. What is the what is the latest with this?
3: Uh, if, if, the last I heard is that um, it was uh, basically just hired actors that they had okay. to uh, stage it. Um, basically, they hired the actors to come out when they knew that the ship was going to be docking. So, as they're docking, um, apparently, if you like really look at it, you kind of see everyone just kind of holding their bag. Mm and these are the only people that actually got met at the dock okay. so like you know it, it's not a common thing it's just you know almost completely I, fabricated
1: that's weird because the last thing I had read about it which was this this may be new and this what I'm very read might have been a while ago was that um, they were not like they didn't know each other and like he just randomly grabbed her and kissed her mm. so it would be actually a problematic moment Yeah, yeah. Uh, that occurred in real life and we have a similar situation and it kinda you know, I, I mean he can't intention that because sure. obviously he didn't yeah. know that the he story didn't. behind that, but yeah. uh it's kinda interesting to look back now, I think.
3: Yeah. Um yeah, I think your st- i I think there is a uh, a middle ground between our two versions there that is most <laughs> right. likely the probably. most true true um yeah well, it's almost like did, you're they, straddling <laughs> the trench
1: yeah because yeah, if Indeed. they're if they also are uh actors they probably didn't know each other
3: anyway yeah um <laughs> yeah i might be misremembering my details of the story okay. but your details do sound vaguely true vaguely true-ish. Yeah. <laughs> okay
1: yeah um i wanted to so uh Actually, I kind of wanted to read this on the sound portion, but it'll, still, it'll still apply. Go get ahead. your shit together. I got to get my shit together. Get guys. your Sorry. shit. Sorry. So, uh, he was writing about his earliest memory, and, and this was kind of interesting. Uh, uh, same. This is the same interview with Tonino Guerra. This is 1978. He said, the first thing I remember happened when I was a year and a half. Uh, I remember the house, the open terrace, the stairs of the terrace... Only five or six steps in the railing. Uh, between the staircase and the angle of the house was an enorm- enormous lilac bush. It was a cool and sandy place. I would roll an aluminum hoop on the gate, uh, from the gate to the lilacs. At one point, I hear a strange noise coming from the sky. I am seized with a panicked fear of dying and hide myself beneath the lilacs. I look up at the sky since that's where the noise is coming from. There's a fearsome noise that becomes more and more intense all of a sudden between the branches I see an airplane pass it's 1933 uh I never thought it might be a bird but something very terrible um, it's interesting to me cuz like obviously like uh it's that whole thing of like memory right memory you have the sound you have those like details that Hes obviously obviously assessed with like architecture mm-hmm. stuff he's obviously assessed with the relationship of the natural world with like all these man made things. Um and so it so I, you know, it, it gets to his brain, uh, which is what we're seeing here, you know, is that obsession, you know, really.
2: I understand. I I, I think it's so interesting one because he's in the Soviet Union and they're remembering World War II right so mm-hmm. that that in itself has so much you know symbolic stuff going on and then you're thinking about the childhood versus the war stuff there's so much stuff there that 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 is packed into there because it's the next generation and how they have to look on the past and view history and it is all about your childhood you know if you grew up thinking that Russia, the Soviet Union was this great place, and or you grew up, you know, ha- having these horrors of the war. Hey, I don't know, it shapes the way you you view the modern and so I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just bullshitting again, but I think that it was so interesting the way he placed it, the way he didn't do the regular war movie. he I don't well, know,
3: I think there's going to be a huge difference between a war movie made by someone that grew up in war versus. If an American is to make a war movie right now, yeah, like if it, you know, for those of us Both that are,
2: which American, but, yeah.
3: but well, I mean, just in general, for like g- growing up in a country that has not seen a war in our soil in over a hundred years, like that has changed something about the psyche of the way that we perceive war. And yeah. so, you know, that is going to have a an impact on how close you feel to it. Like, to me, this was definitely one of the most personal war movies I've seen. You know, it feels like you're actually understanding what these people are you know feeling and going mm-hmm. through as they're going through these things, whereas most of the let's we'll say more classic Hollywood war movies are mm-hmm. much more detached and much more of a Going in to save the day rather yeah. than we are trying to get through this thing. An
0: epic tale,
3: sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, so I fucked up and skipped
2: this part, but let's go to it anyway. Um, casting it today because we're okay. kind of talking about, well, no, not that part. <gasps> That's the wrong wow. game. Almost. So anyway, guys, I fell. I'm ready for it. Because I am curious. You, you were talking about how this is a war movie and it's three guys of a child. I don't know if this could be made today. I don't know if you really could do this kind of movie. Maybe you can, but
3: it's the Comey 2012 movie, essentially. Like it what
2: has, do you mean? It, I mean, um, oh, cha- oh, I see what you're saying.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, there was a movie, African child soldier oh, sort yeah, of situation. A of, oh, Go uh, me. Beasts of Comey. No Nation. Oh, yeah. Comey's, Comey's 2016. He's... Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Anyways, a great movie by Cary Fukunaga. Uh, Fukunaga. And Excuse he, you. And uh, he actually directed the first uh, season of True Detective, so there's another
3: mm. connection there.
2: Anyways, he did a child soldier movie called Beasts of No Nation from... Mm. It's on Netflix. Whatever. It's a great yeah. movie. Anyways, let's see about what we can do if we were going to cast this one today, gentlemen. So do you have any ideas you would uh, think for... Either Ivan, or maybe one of a, the stranger yeah. thing kids. Millie Bobby oh, Brown. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could
3: say that. If, um, um, I don't
2: know a lot Ivanya. of good child actors.
3: No, honestly, Millie Bobby Brown's probably a really good fucking choice for that. Like, um, she'd be great. Yeah, no, she'd be great and you'd probably cast it as a girl today. Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. no reason you wouldn't. And And she'd be like, You could shave my head. Basically, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's um, another layer
0: there too.
2: She's hiding.
3: Yeah. I mean, plus, you know, child actors are kind of found, not like, you know, you have a good like three year span where you have to churn out all of these things. That's you, it. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Uh, you know, uh, Macaulay Culkin made all of his movies in what, five years, if yep. that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of
0: sad.
2: but
3: yeah. yeah. All right, kid. Clock's ticking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I thought of Culkin a lot. From
2: maybe it just I was a little bit too. Young, yeah, who yeah. just looks like him? Obviously, yeah, it's just a
0: blonde kid. You know, he's the the Calvin and Hobbes. But we also got a lot of home alone so, vibes.
3: Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah
0: also fair.
3: <laughs> Setting yeah. traps. And Cause, yeah, because you know, because
0: there's there's moments where he's just at play. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of the the. The amazing personality, the of exactly. Is yeah. yeah, absolutely. Happy. Boy, that part we is kind
1: of like, yeah, a little disturbing. That part because here he is, he's playing, but like ultimately, it's about getting revenge about his family at the end. You know, yeah, that's kind of,
3: yeah. intense. Well, and not to mention the place that he's playing right. in is yeah. where previous sold or we'll say previous captors were Mm -hmm. or previous captives were uh the writing on the walls is all you know we're 19 kids that are about to die in an hour Uh, please avenge us like not even hope avengers no. yeah. there is, you know there's something to that that is like yeah. you know a, a, a finality that yeah. it yeah. takes to write avenge me rather than right. help yeah. me you
2: know? yeah the, the horror of knowing yeah uh, is uh, yeah that's something else yeah um, ghost well staff. on that on that note anyone anyway, yeah, let's <laughs> <ghost> let's cast <laughs> someone else guys. Uh, <laughs> <and>, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, what, what about Masha anyone from Masha don't say one of the Emmas. Lauren Cohan. <laughs> Does
3: she have a mustache?
2: Oh, Lauren Cohan. <laughs> to, to, eh,
0: it's got to be younger.
2: Got
3: to be uh, younger. Got to be younger.
0: Dakota yeah. Fanning.
2: Okay. Mm. What's the girl from Scott Pilgrim? I like her a lot. Mary mm-hmm. Elizabeth Winstead. Mary
0: Elizabeth Winstead?
2: Yeah. Okay. I yeah, feel that's like she's got, she's got the haircut.
0: Wait, wait what? The, she's not too old?
1: No, no. we <laughs> are the same age. <laughs> Alright. Whatever. Whatever you
0: say. It's sexist that we're even talking about age in regards to the women.
1: Is it? Because it's supposed to be like a nurse Somehow. and a, a... I don't know. Uh, we well, talk about age with the guys, too. It yeah. doesn't we wouldn't, matter, Hobbs and Shaw. We, we wouldn't suggest Adam Sandler play Ivan, for instance. I think that <laughs> would be a, a bold choice. <laughs> it would be a bold choice. It'd be a great turn. Yeah. For him. yeah. I mean, he he's played Jack and Jill, so
3: yeah, it's that's the fair. next step. He is has, to... Yeah,
0: he does do very diverse roles.
3: <laughs> we should get the kid from The Sixth Sense.
0: Oh, yeah. Haley Jones. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> That'd be really funny.
3: Yeah, yeah. He'd do it good. Put him yeah. in overalls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just clomping through the woods.
2: Uh, what about any of the other guys? Colin? How about him? We hmm. need a good actor for him. Or more the Russian, uh, James he Coburn. Was,
3: wait, is he the guy with the scars? The guy with the scars was a little Val Kilmery to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. A younger yeah. Val Kilmer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. 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 Late 80s Val. Uh
3: yeah, Top Gun Val. Okay. Yeah. Early 90s Val. That's Top Gun is 85. But
0: 85?
3: Yeah, I think it's 84, 85, yeah. That's Reagan era propaganda, baby. Oh wow, well, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Show sure Loggins. Yep. Yep. Tony Scott.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of eighties dudes I think you could pick. I th- I was thinking of Patrick Swayze, maybe. Yeah. I mean
3: yeah. Because of all the anti Russian propaganda and my age, that is just kind of where I would go to for any of these things. So, you know, the the, red heat. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. All of the the 80s movies are very full of Russians. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. They're the bad guys a lot. What about, unfortunately? uh, Who
1: who would we cast for the mom
3: in those? In those dream sequences,
2: <laughs> Drew Barrymore, Meryl Streep. Yeah.
3: Okay. Oh no. What's that? Um, who's the girl? F- uh, is it the, the one from uh, Mad Men? Is it Elizabeth? Or- yeah, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. She'd make. Yeah, yeah she'd make the. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. So, where's interesting, the
3: bonnet? Interesting fact: that's actually hey.
1: Tarkovsky's wife at the time. Oh, that plays the mom. No, oh. no. Yeah. First wife. Uh,
2: yeah. Oh. Yeah. Was she still the first wife? At, at, at the time, the time of, of making it. this, yes. Yes, yes. Do you think that was more just like, ah, shit, we can't find anyone? Stella! Stella! Get it, Could here. be. Could mm-hmm. be. Yeah.
3: You know, you got to pay the rent somehow. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right.
2: Uh, so it's time for another game, guys. <gasps> Wasn't yeah! that a game? Oh, should I play the Yeah, play, play the
3: song. That? Play Okay. The all
1: it's, all time for- it's, time.
2: it's called guess the Oscar Picks. For now. Um, I love Jesus. All right. So (laughs) let's get right into it. Uh, we're going to do the best actor, but we're going to do 1963 because it was released a year after for the United States. You're going to
3: have to come up with a new game soon. Yeah, I know.
2: Mm. We're going to run out. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. All right, so best actor, we got Richard Harris, The Sporting Life, Rex Harrison for Cleopatra, Paul Newman in HUD, Sidney Poitier, Lilies of the Field, and Albert Finney in Tom Jones.
0: Long live the HUD. Richard Harris,
1: Sidney Poitier.
2: I hope is, it's Sidney Poitier. The answer is Sidney Poitier. Fuck yeah. Mm. Good no. job. Lilies of the Field, never seen it.
1: They call me Lilies of the Field.
2: Lily. <laughs> Lily. They call me Lily. Yeah. Uh, best actress, we got Rachel Roberts, The Sporting Life, Shirley MacLaine, Irma LaDuce, Natalie Wood, Love with the Proper Stranger, Patricia Neal in HUD, or Leslie Karen, The L-shaped Room.
0: Patricia
3: MacLaine. Natalie Wood. <laughs> Shirley MacLaine? I'll go Natalie Wood. <laughs>
2: Natalie Wood, you say?
3: Mm. Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood,
2: you say. Shirley McLean or Patricia yeah. uh, Neal? <laughs> Shirley McLean. Okay, the answer is actually Patricia Neal. Mm. But, unfortunately. Mm. All right, let's roll right into In best a typical director. Fashion,
3: no one ever wins this game. No. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
2: it's a game that no one wins <laughs> and no one likes. Yeah. Best director, Federico Fellini for Eight and a Half, Elia Kazan, America, America, Martin Ritt for HUD, Otto Preminger for The Cardinal, or Tony Richardson for Tom Jones?
3: Eight and a Half. Elliot
2: Kazan. Otto Preminger. The answer is Tony Richardson for Tom Jones. <gasps> That's, That's not unusual. That nobody it's not knows. unusual. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have synced up. That was good, though. Yeah. Uh, best picture uh-huh. Lilies of the Field. How the West was won. Cleopatra. Tom Jones. America, America.
0: How the West was won.
2: Yeah, I think it's How the West was won. Cleopatra. The answer is Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Jeez.
1: Tom Jones. We may have to watch that some point. What The fuck yeah. is Tom Jones?
3: The British action, inve- action yeah. comedy. Prepare to yeah. uh, throw your panties. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whatever. Is
0: that a dry seat in the house?
3: Totes. Is that
0: it?
2: Yeah, that's it. I mean, All right. Good, Good job. job.
0: Good <laughs> job. A lot of people still
2: <laughs> there. Thank you. Guess the Oscar picks. Now. all right we're about to wrap this thing up so let's go to miscellaneous and errata anything else Arata. you guys want to add Boom. I'm sure Derek's got some shit. Got, 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 a, a, got, got,
1: got a little bit uh, so uh yeah so I wanted to yeah. uh, three uh, make books. mention I got three books I got a bunch of books here um uh, apparently he uh kind of had a bunch of different ideas about how to end the film so the final like dream sequence that Ivan has um uh, the first ver- one, one of the first versions was for Ivan to find like himself in the game of hide-and-seek, wearing his wartime sweater and boots. Then he chases after his double in the filmins there. Uh, he oh. decided that that was too dramatic and that the end should be more joyful. Another version he proposed had Ivan uh, shot by a chance bullet and dying in the snow. Uh, he attempts to get up, and then we see his mother in the first dream, and the dream becomes his death. Uh, uh, at the very end, by means of a combined shot, Tarkovsky would have superimposed the dead tree, uh, in the place where Ivan's body lies prone. Uh, he ended up just doing the dead tree and like the game kind of combination between the two, clearly, in the end. Uh, but it's interesting to me because, like, I could see me liking like even the first one. It's kind of interesting. I
0: agree. Anyone, yeah. I was yeah. thinking
2: that too. Yeah. I'm like, those are all pretty good. They're yeah. all pretty yeah. good. All solid. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing is like, he set himself up so well. Like yeah. the right. movie is such, you know, foundational stuff that you can end it a couple different ways and it will still work.
3: Yeah. You know? I like the idea of the ending. I didn't really mm-hmm. like how we actually ended the movie. Like I understand <laughs> yeah. ending on that happy note and ending like, you know, in a joyful celebration. Um, I just thought that one, the specific choice of the actual imagery was- I don't know, uh, anticlimactic after everything else. Yeah. With like, you know, everything else was so, so meticulous and structured and like actually like well-crafted, whereas yeah. that's just like, I understand that it's probably intentionally free and easy and kind yeah, of like, peaceful. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, I don't know, I just feel like you could get that and still like have, something a little stronger there. Would you
2: have ended it like on that shot of his head like rolling after the guillotine and they're...
3: That one was a little weird because we could see his shirt so it wasn't actually a guillotine yeah, shot and that bump, bummed yeah, me a lot. that actually but, confused <laughs> me a little bit
2: because I thought he was hanged. He, I think he was hanged. But it, it seems from the shot that his head was rolling.
3: Right, it was just kind of, I thing. think he was it just looking. Matter, like, but, but, that whole mm-hmm. sequence there felt like he was just like kind of in his head visualizing what would have been the end of this kid's life. So he was just kind yeah. of going through and hearing the sounds that he thought yeah, he would have heard. His face. Yes, well, seeing the, the, the hanging rack and then seeing the guillotine and then seeing yeah kind yeah, of and all that. that's more come together. in
0: keeping with like how intensely like point of view this yeah, movie is. Exactly. Yeah. But would
3: you have preferred
2: it just to end like that instead of with a dream?
3: No, I, I like I said, I like the ending happy. Um I just didn't like that specific imagery that they chose. Um, the, like even the idea of like him finding another girl to play with, that's fine. I just thought that like, it just didn't feel visually strong in the end as strong as like so much of the rest of the movie. Like that ending is to me up with the, the handheld stuff of, uh, the POV and the birch. And then the other segment I didn't get to talk about yet. The other scene that really bummed me in this movie Mm -hmm. was, uh, the scene where he, we, I think we're first introduced to his girl pal when they're riding in the the back of the apple uh, cart and we have like rear projection of the negative image of trees. And yeah. it just felt like very Willy Wonka going into the tunnel to me. It just mm-hmm. felt like way over the fucking rainbow at that point. Like it was, yeah, it
0: kind of dated it. Yeah, a bit. exactly. It, uh, so. And it's yeah. like,
3: it's like, I understand that like he's pressing the technology that he has at the time. Yeah. And like, there's only yeah. so and many it, options. It would have like wi- been a wow factor
0: in that day and age sort of I mean, thing. I, but it it, I
3: feel like that's what they went for, but like it didn't quite come across us like i did you guys ever see what dreams may come the um robin williams movie no so to me i saw that in the theater and that had that sort of like visual wow factor impact that i think the ending of this movie should have had Mm -hmm. that sort of like overwhelming joy and happiness not just like casual joy and happiness like there's a difference between playing on the beach and like being in heaven. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think mm. those
2: two movies are interestingly different because, well, Robin Williams is an older man. And, how much? How, like, how much and, and capacity
0: does the Russian heart have? To, <laughs> that is the happiest the <laughs> Russian can be. Used. I mean, Sheer joy. I, say, I like, like, I, I like, don't <laughs> have to wear a sweater. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs>
3: Lifetime supply of vodka. <laughs> I like
1: the I like the ending of that part though. The with the the apple cart like opening and like oh, the yeah. horses eating the apples that's like a great like that could be almost the end of the movie and i mean yeah and that would be like that's that's a that's a very powerful more much more powerful image i, I do agree that
3: that was cool yeah that would have been yeah. a better but again we brought it up while watching it the thing that bumped most of us is that mm-hmm. the fucking horses would take one bite of the apple and then move on to another apple no,
0: i thought that was really profound in a weird way yeah, yeah. It, 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 well yeah, yeah
3: it called attention to itself and yeah, so like, many apples Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It Love was it. interesting. Oh, we finally um,
1: have plenty. We can waste the other errata stream that I had, which yeah, um, absolutely kind of goes a little back into maybe Hell. a lot of the decisions that he ended up making afterwards. Uh, so him, he, he and uh, uh, Boga Boga Malav, Boga Malav? Anyway, that's the writer Bacovac? of the of the of the Ivan. Uh, his name is Ivan, or Baloney glove. Um, they didn't mm. quite see eye to eye. And this is reading from, actually, hey. I, should, I haven't referenced this thing. I, re, I just read from it earlier. Uh, it's Andre Tarkovsky collected screenplays Boardless translated shorts. by William an Powell and Natasha uh, Sure. Anyway, this one's from the UK. Uh, mm.
3: uh, so, so it's got to be good. It's got to be good. You got to read it in an accent yep. though.
1: I uh, can't do that. Uh, that's only for d mm-hmm. Uh The young director uh, was interested in image and texture in conveying the unspoken tensions of wartime, but most importantly in communicating the in, in, inexorable... Uh, Can't talk. Inexorable. There we go. Inexorable? Uh, inexorable. Yeah, whatever. Whatever What's you that mean? Say. I don't know. Ah. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <And> cra- <laughs> it's the British one, you see, they're using words like that. Uh and catastrophic result of war on a child's soul. Uh the writer himself, a participant in the war. So the guy who wrote it actually participated uh, in the war. Wanted to see a faithful, lifelike representation of spaces and people. He accuses Script of being too verbose. Uh felt gotsev had been incorrectly portrayed and disagreed with the choice of actor, and protested over such details as the appearance of a man wearing glasses in a military outpost, arguing that that would never have happened. Uh, To his objections, Tarkovsky boldly replied, We have as much right to our creative individuality as you have to yours, but you deny us this. Hmm. That was one of the things... A bit of a
3: strained relation between the two, clearly. I guess a false expectation that I set for myself in that the writer of the Ivan story was named Ivan something. Mm. So the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, well, he wrote it so he couldn't have died. That's not how Ivan I worked out. The name Ivan is in <laughs> <Exactly>. Russia.
2: <laughs> yep. uh, so I had one stupid little point. I thought the, the credits were a great font. I mean, maybe this is going to be weird, but I thought it looked real, like, I know it's,
3: again, stupid, but that's the first it's thing you not, see. Though.
2: It's a choice. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was just, it looked much better than
3: usual. It just looked like a, an artistic choice. This whole goddamn movie looked much better than usual. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, we... We were watching a very crisp bl- Blu-ray copy that was uh, yeah. like very much. Oh, beautiful! Uh, yeah, it was very oh, pristine and like. Honest, I think
0: inexorable means like you can't chip away <laughs> at it. Right? That. Is that what it means? I think we it should, means we like, like Google Google you this. can't, we you can't reduce it any further. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah.
3: I mean, I have no rebuttal. Sounds right to me. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah. Sounds sounds like an inexorable I didn't want to look argument. It up before I true because like I felt yeah. like. Impossible to stop or prevent. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Is oh, there a pronunciation no. guide? So an invading army I would think be you just were right, that. inexorable.
2: Inexorable. 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 Pretty inexorable. Sure. Yeah,
1: you're right.
2: John.
0: Inexorable. Okay. Yeah. Inexorable. No, no, it's no. inexorable. Yeah,
2: mm. we're right. Me
0: and Derek are right. Me and, mm. and Derek are right. Mm. We're right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Twitter as or and Twitter as yeah, let in Let's know. From me and Derek are right.
2: <laughs> me and Derek and I. Nice.
0: Derek
2: and I. Okay, um, so Derek. Thanks. Uh, I have a question about the chimneys. Yes. Um, Tell us about the chimneys. Yeah, what's with the chimneys? Chimneys.
3: So I, they do actually Chimney. burn down. Chimney.
2: Chimney. Chimney.
1: Chimney. Chimney. Is there something there? Mm, no chimneys. <laughs> the chimneys. The remains of the houses, Yeah, I, I, well, I don't think there there's a, any. I have, I have a guess, but I. Okay. Let's who you guess. Yes.
2: Well, I thought that it was, it was that there's only some things that remain in war, um, mm. after war. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chimneys, and then he made that kind of match cut with trees. And I thought that he when he went right back to the tree, so it was like saying, I don't know, there's only some things that keep standing. And then, and it's like the memories that we have. And then it, it was the ending when the, when he basically went into the tree. I thought that was like that final moment of life. Yeah. I don't know.
3: Yeah. I thought it was more just about like, if that wasn't there, then- you wouldn't know there should have been a house there, so like you know, um, obviously. But like you know, <laughs> okay, well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. no, I mean, like w- without, I, I, I get the assumption or get the impression that that is a distinct symbol that you would see in a war-torn country. Is that you know, as war goes through, you will burn down things, and what is left is a standing chimney. So that seems like it would be a very sort of common. War imagery sort of situation.
2: I know. I, I was trying to look deeper. I was just seeing what, what symbolism might be. Uh, I don't know.
3: Well, I think, I think it's the same as the guy with the gate. I think it is just that holding on to humanity, even though everything around you is fucking ridiculously gone. Um, it is, you know, that last remnant of what was that you can hold on to and try and, you know, make something of.
2: Mm. Okay.
3: Um, let's move on then fine then unless you guys got anything else I mean the only other thing I wanted to talk about was that fucking gate man I didn't talk about that gate enough that gate is fucking fantastic the gate shot the gate shot did I talk about the The gate gate shot shot? which gate shot talk about the (laughs) gate
2: shot (laughs) oh I thought you hated it that's so funny when you wrote it down I thought you were pissed
3: no well it was just fun and, predict- and kind of like... Uh, uh,
2: let's explain the shot first. Yeah,
3: so uh, this is the shot where we first meet the old man and there is, we're like looking through this swinging gate that is kind of opening and closing as the action happens. But it was just kind of coolly timed. Like every time the door closed and then it opened again, he was in a different place. But it made sense for the blocking and everything was just so meticulous. And then as we kind of review more of the area, we realized that this gate is holding nothing back and there's no reason this gate needs to exist. Exist at all, but we're you know still pretending that this world still is a world to live in.
2: I also got a lot of spaghetti Western vibes. Um, Mm. A lot of you know these are these are a couple soldiers kind of traversing through this chaotic Wild West kind Mm. of thing. Um, And again, this is way pre you know Sergio Leone stuff. So too, maybe he's influencing him. Uh, So I got a lot of that. You know the, the the desolate nature of the landscape versus these, you know, these few guys are trying to traverse it.
3: What would a Russian Western be? Pierogi, w- wa- <laughs> pierogi <laughs> Westerns? Borscht. Borscht Westerns.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Borscht Westerns. Is that Borscht an actual Borscht thing? There's a couple. Western? There's a couple that are really good. White mm-hmm. Sun of the Desert is really good.
3: Hmm.
2: They actually show is it. Is Is it called every- a Borscht Western? I think so. Uh, I just made that up, but I, I think it's
1: probably <laughs> Yeah, probably. You may have coined a new thing. There you go. I I mean maybe.
2: <laughs> um Western but anyway, White Sun of the Desert, yeah, check that out. It's good. Mm. So let's uh let's talk about some reviews for this film. Okay. Derek, you got I any reviewed. IMDB. I've got reviews? I've got some reviews? Yes. I've does got anybody some reviews? think it's
1: shit? Um I found somebody who kind of does sort I kind of. of think it's shit. Kind of does. A mm-hmm. uh, person says they didn't <laughs> like it. I can just, see that.: yeah. Two out of 10 stars from uh,
3: Jesse Spear. I didn't like it.: mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't care about cinematography, I could see hating this movie like yeah, th- yeah. this is one of those uh, th- this is one of those movies that I expected to hate coming in, and like, you know, it's just kind of too pretty not to. It yeah. looked
1: different. I
0: like it when it looks um, normal.
1: Uh, uh, again uh, and they people tend to glam onto things here and that's kind of uh, that's kind of what they write the whole review about so uh, 11th of May 2009 Jesse Spear goes on the internet and writes on IMDb the following "Uh, I did not like this movie I actually found it pretty awful the overall story is not worth the time and it's just strange watching all these cute slash pretty faces Uh, Pretty actors in a war film. It doesn't make any sense. They all have the perfect faces and haircut. Hmm. Seriously, every character looks like a fashion model. It's kind of creepy. The kid's character was not very believable. Much of the film was spent on flashbacks of the kid's past. And by the end, I still didn't get why, how he became a soldier at such a young age. They say because he's small but I don't really buy it. None of the characters were very interesting. A lot of the shots dragged on way too long. The ending was predictable and was cued by typical dramatic music. I was not impressed. 21 out of 46 found this helpful.
3: I mean, it does make some points.
1: Um, that they look good?
3: Yeah, that they... People look good. Certainly, they do. Mm -hmm. It it has a very Hollywood cast feel to it in that, like, they are all, like, you know, out of 90210 on this thing. Point of view thing, though. He's not
0: really going for a cinema verite. Right, right.
3: But even the fucking nerd was, like, a pretty... Decent looking dude. He was a, he was
2: a pretty nerd. <laughs> yeah, you take his glasses off, and it's
3: like uh, yeah. that, that Clark Kent, and <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, yeah,
0: it's, yeah, oh, it's like
2: thinking. that sixpence.
0: None the richer Damn. starts playing. Yeah,
2: What's got that movie with Frey Prince Jr. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Me and Derek Sunday. were fucking jamming to that. Yeah, like maybe a month and a half ago or something. Yeah, we
1: were. Hmm. Yeah, in the car. It's
0: it's a like a campy love sort of sixpence. That was yep. the Dawson's Creek soundtrack.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, season one. Season,
0: <laughs> the only one. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Who yeah. who made it to season two of that show? I don't show, even know huh? if they
0: bothered printing
1: this season two I don't soundtrack. think they did. I don't think they did. Yeah, you got mostly all the s- hits then. Mostly Seal on the yeah. season two soundtrack. Right? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. And the, the Batman Forever God beat smack that later, too. of course. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> uh, corn and everything. Yeah. Okay, guys. Derek, are there any other reviews? Yeah, I got one more oh, that yeah, I'm going to yeah, read. Uh, it's movies. a
1: six out of ten, so still kind of a little. I, I guess a little. Six positive. out of ten. Yeah, a six <laughs> out of ten. Who's I'm on going the, fence with the about this? Yeah, I'm going with the. I'm going with the bad ones. Um, uh, Jacob four six four eight three is on the fence about this. Four six four eight. Seventh mm-hmm. of December to uh, 2017. He. Uh, He went to his local library, onto a computer, and uh, wrote the following. Uh, Beauty to watch, but not Tarkovsky's greatest work. Uh, Yeah, it's nice to look at, uh, but I need a film to be more than a hot beast. What? (laughs) Uh, Say again? I just want that to set in there. Uh, Yes, it's nice to look at, but I need... A films. Oh, sorry. He says films. A films to be more than a hot beast. I'm thinking typos yeah. slash. Not a not a solid right translation. <laughs> yeah, the kid actor is superb. Uh, just a yeah. The kid actor is superb. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And the most <laughs> and the most of the others actors are okay. Still, its structure I flawed. I miss a driving conflict. Tarkovsky did not build up enough tension for us to wonder if the kid will make it. Another grand problem is the phasing <laughs> towards post-middle and end, especially the end. The I know phasing. a film... <laughs> phasing. Yeah, the phasing. The phasing. Set your phasers for done. Yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> I know a film necessarily doesn't need a climax... But this film's really clumsy cuts to the victory of the Bolsheviks. All right. Four out of I've, five found so, this helpful. So I don't you know,
0: disagree. You know, you know the episode of It's Always Sunny where Charlie writes uh, Dennis' speech? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do Philadelphia.
2: <laughs> and he's reciting every word as yeah, it's.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I What? <laughs> I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, That's, there was either a Google Translate was, or that I wrote was that. was fucking unintelligible. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. makes some strong
1: points. Sean he does. says
0: he does. <laughs> I bet, I bet, in his native tongue, that was probably like a really concise and like mm-hmm. solid, well thought out. Pretty yeah,
3: good. yeah. yeah. Pretty possibly good, pretty good, pretty good <laughs> reviews. Sounds dumb to me. Things always sound better in my head. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, like, you know, I always think it's like, I bet that was super articulate in another language. Like, that's what I always think when I see stuff like that.
3: (sighs) Is that how you read my text?
0: No, I always just think, fuck, he's dyslexic. (laughs) (laughs) That
2: poor guy. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Now we come to the time of the podcast where we rate this film. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go right to you, Derek, after le- reading those awful reviews. Mm-hmm. What's your review? I'm going to
1: give this one... Um, I'm going to go 11 out of 12. It's not his it's best film. film either. It's not his best film, but <laughs> it's still great. Okay, You say 11 it. out of 12 and it's not his
0: best film? Yeah. I think, I think that there's a point where like like appreciation can become like almost blind.
1: Okay. We're- I'll go 10 out of 12. Like, yeah. is I'm that not, better? <laughs> I'm not trying to throw
0: shade. I was just also like, I don't know. I well, just- I
1: can just start doing points,
0: numbers with points and stuff. Well, That's I guess the question thing.
3: is, do you firmly believe that one of his movies is a 12?
0: Yeah. Um, do you believe that he made the perfect film?
1: I believe that it is. Because
0: on any
3: scale, I don't think 12 exists. So
1: yeah, well, but, for you guys, yeah, especially not it. if you're on. For 10. me, yeah. for me, I'm basing things upon that maybe there is. Jeez. <laughs> uh, if okay, so that's six, seven. So I, th- my opinion is uh, a twelve out of twelve should be reserved for your favorite film of all time. From favorite there, or best. Y- y- uh, what you consider to be the best film of all time. Uh, and from there, you rate accordingly. Okay. Um, and so, yes, uh, one of his films would to me be twelve
3: out of twelve. But mm. I don't want to Spoil- ruin which one. No spoilers. One. Yeah, right. no spoilers. Right, We're well, gonna have to watch it, all of them. And, uh huh. And why, why is this one an eleven out of twelve? Where did um, it fail? There,
1: there, there is some things with like um, I do, I do think that overall it's not quite as cohesive it doesn't it do you can feel those the the battles going on kind of in it mm. where we have these Scenes where um they're very much detailed, uh which some of them I do like, like I like the thing where uh he's counting the number that of, was cool, that's really cool, right yeah, like for the for like the His message intelligence is, was like yeah yeah, berries. Collected oh, in right. berries and pine cones and shit, yeah, um, and so some of those details I like, I think that cohesively they don't work together with more of the Tarkovsky elements of you know, mood and emotional.
3: There was no payoff to that. Yeah. So that was like a really cool setup for something like in, you know, 99% of, you know, screenwriting classes, you would be told to, you know, have something that like later on in the movie, he's caught with berries and someone knows what that means or like, you know, there's something there that like actually, you know, that, yeah, I I did expect that to come back in Mm. some way, shape or form, or at least even like the information that he gave, like- he comes over to give us this information and there's again you know nothing that comes of that. Yeah. Obviously that's probably how it does work in war. Like you yeah. just pass it up the chain and whatever, but yeah. like, you know, still in a story it's puts it's, it in the envelope and then gives it to the yeah. other guy and then who knows what happens. Yeah. yeah.
2: But yeah. Okay. Uh Sean, you kind of gave us a little preview, but what's your uh, what's your
3: rating? Uh yeah. So I go on a scale of five and um Five to me is a theoretical. Um, I don't think five is possible. Um, I'd love to see a five movie, but I don't know that I can. Um, I would put this at like, I was debating between three and a half and four. Um, I'm going to have to go with three and a half, I think. Um, It's just like, like I said, it's it's hard to rag on this movie because it's so visually fucking stunning. But the story does drag. The characters are there and developed, but definitely not inviting, I guess. Um, they are, it's, it's like a hard world to get into other than the kid, like the kid you feel at home with, you feel like, you know, you understand where he's coming from, what's going on. Everyone else in the world is like very cold and Russian. And, um, you know, to me that is, Uh, It just wasn't, it wasn't a fun experience. It felt like homework. And I was, um, I was totally in awe of what I was seeing visually, Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't think the 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 actual script held up to anything that this fucking director was throwing at us like it just felt like there was this like you know now knowing that he wasn't the original director and he was just kind of hired on to do this it definitely feels like someone just grabbed a random script off the shelf and just happened to put it in the hands of some fucking master Mm. and like this came out of it yeah Mm. three and a half
2: all right, um, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Wow. I truly enjoyed this film. I thought it was really pretty fun to watch. Um, I like the meditative moments a lot. I really kind of want to watch it again and maybe a different mindset and just kind of relax and watch it. There's definitely I, shots I want to analyze. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I was overanalyzing during the movie. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm writing stuff down. I'm noticing yep. sound shit. So that, I mean, it might be nice to just watch it and give it a full, you know, reviewing. Um, but I, I really also appreciated a lot of just the the way it approached a war film. You know, I'm used to a lot of the more modern films. I mean, the one I would compare this to is The Thin Red Line. Um, and it's, it's it was very much you know, an experiential film of war. And that kind of hits home to me more than a lot of other analyzing wars. You know, obviously you can have the parody approach in strange love or, you know, the realistic Mm -hmm. approach in saving Ryan or whatever. But I think this hits on such an an emotional level that I think that's why it's so effective. It's universal. So Mm. you, everyone can sympathize and empathize with, with a child and and the innocence of a child. And, and to see the, the, the point of view as the child goes through the war is so much more, um, um, Effective, because you're seeing the innocence literally change in, in, a, in a moment. And, and he kind of already starts jaded. I mean, he, his family is already killed and everything. But I just think as you go through and you see him playing, uh, that was the most effective scene. When you see him playing and then you realize he's playing in the same room where those other children are writing on the walls, avenge me. And that mm-hmm. was just so powerful to me that everything else was just like, wow, it just kind of washed over me, like the, the, the weight of the story. So mm-hmm. it just affected me on that kind of level. And whenever you do that, I, I automatically kind of give you a huge, great review because mm. if you can, you know, hit me in my lizard brain, I'm not, that's that's pretty much everything. <laughs> Anyways, nine out of ten. Okay, uh,
3: Tim, what you, what you think? Well, real oh, quick, I, just on your point there, I think it's yeah. like really a lot easier to I or I I, sh, I should say there is like a a it's easier to point out the foibles of war when you're seeing a child being put into that situation. So, like, if he was even 16, being sent back to the front lines wouldn't have even been a second guess. But because it's a child, it gives you that different perspective on, like, mm-hmm. what's actually going to happen there. And it almost gives it, like, a greater weight and consequence, mm-hmm. even though some would consider it less. Like, it is a, a, a I, I guess it just, it it forces the viewer more into You know, kind of the, um, to think about the ramifications of war because Mm. there is this, this more, I guess, vulnerable proxy than like what we would just think of as like sending our boys off to fight?
2: Absolutely. Um, I also kind of just occurred to me, and this is not, it's pretty obvious, is that it's such a subtle critique on the Soviet Union without going right out and saying it. Mm. It's saying you have corrupted the youth. Mm -hmm. You know, you have have ruined children. This is what you've done. And maybe the worst crime in the world is to, you know, ruin the innocence of children. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't coming out and saying it, but it was, that was the story. That was the crux of it. So it was totally bashing the Soviet Union, what it does to children without, you know, and I guess this was him towing the line with Khrushchev too. So, I don't know,
3: such a- Does the end kind of forgive that then? Or yeah, like maybe. he Maybe
2: like, because it's a positive- Yeah,
3: because everything, you know- you, you, you fought and died for a country, and now you get to live in bliss.
2: Yeah, hey, Valhalla forever. Yeah, mm. I, I, mean, it, I mean, I mean, it Red almost Church. does
3: aggrandize his like return to war, and like I'm not going to give up. And he had a lot of those speeches of like, you know, it's only the what was it? The, I don't remember the words, but like essentially the slackers that stay home and do nothing during war, like you know, real and go and join the battle. I think it's a way of reading it. I, I I didn't I I didn't read it quite as positively like
2: that, but I think you could come away. Yeah, thinking, I mean, n-
3: none of the rest of the movies suggest that, like, visually and yeah. everything else. It right. definitely points a different direction, but, like, that it it is in there.
2: But maybe that was his way of just saying, hey, Khrushchev, look, it's not all bad.
3: You, know, it's, it's,
2: it's, you can yeah, still oh, show in movie theaters. Gotcha,
3: yeah, yeah. Maybe, mm-hmm. I,
2: I don't know, enough about it. Um, sorry, Tim, I've been teasing you for too long. Um, what What did you think of this, this film, Tim?
0: Oh, I forgot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> forgot to read it. All right, um, on.
0: He asked me a if, question. If, uh, if... Like if if all movies are if if all movies were paintings, this movie this movie would be a like a sculpture, like a, like <laughs> like a three dimensional sculpture, you know, because it's not like a snapshot; it's a meditation it's on something. Accurate. It's not like the the thing that the thing that struck me about mm-hmm. this film is that it's it's not about the it's not about a story really; it's about a human experience. It's about the experience of. Of a, a childhood in wartime, or a, like an uncertain childhood, you know, yeah. just a a childhood yeah. in in that sort of a it transcends. Yeah, it does, and and so like I, I just uh, I, the I don't want to I don't want to suck this movie's dick too much just because like <laughs> get with the homeless like, <laughs> woman. Ah, <laughs> ah.
4: <laughs>
1: The me, Tim likes it. The <laughs> red <laughs>
0: This is such a horrible mischaracterization of
1: <laughs> <laughs> skater
0: culture. Yeah, absolutely. Keep mm. playing um, it. Yeah, you know I was. Yeah. Well, Tim, why don't you want to want to please this film? Well, please, this no, film I mean like much. like he, he's like you know this is it's Andre Tarkovsky. You know he's the grandmaster of cinema, really. Um, yeah. so of course, of course it knocks it out of the park, but this is like a lot of the movies that we watch are just, you know, they're, they're just movies. It's, it's kind of a, it's a business art in and of itself, but this is, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't remind me of other movies. It reminds me of like Edward Monk or like high art, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think cause it- it's, it's, yeah, it's not just about like telling, it, telling a story, you know? Oh, here's this guy, and he's blah blah blah. You know, it's it's just it's about conveying something, a
3: yeah, little a yeah. little
0: more ethereal. I think Get,
3: if you're going to use the term business art, this would be more art business. But I think it's Both those elements are still there, but this does tend more towards the well. It, artistic yeah, that's, artistic that's, a, that's a
0: necessity of film. Is yeah. it? There has to be a business aspect a to it.
3: But this is the least. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's always on that scale, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think he very much. I feel like we get Ivan's experience and then not only it it, it manages to transcend in the sense that I feel at least somewhat what it would be to like go through some of the stuff he's going through, Mm -hmm. you know? So it manages to do that. um, He's got, yeah, he's got this way of like bringing you into that
0: experience. Yeah, yeah. That just um, kind of shows this great human understanding of yeah. his part.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's great. I agree. <laughs> I want to step on that. Uh, I think we should uh, move on to what we're going to watch next week. Whose turn is it? human. I believe it's his turn. Oh, Timur. That's shit. how it works. Timur ain't even looked.
0: No idea. So we're uh, going to be watching Bonzo Goes to College. Because <laughs> we've not established a veto rule yet. That's
3: true. Uh, no, no. I, honestly, I... I have hopes that that might actually be a good movie.
0: Honest to goodness. <laughs> it. no, it's not going to be a good movie, Sean. It's not going to be a good
3: movie. We don't have a veto.
0: But,
2: uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold for sneeze. Uh,
0: yeah, you know, honest to goodness, I don't know what we're going to watch. Because I want to watch a Godard film, but I don't want to go north of 60 yet. Uh hmm, I wanna like to, some cheaters. You I just I feel like there's other stones mm, to that's turn. True, you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look. I'm gonna take okay. a look. Turn I'm not stones. gonna watch a Russian film. Okay. But I'm not gonna watch an American film. Fuck you. So French? Yeah. Maybe I'll watch a Brazilian film. Oh,
1: they made movies? movies? Brazilian? Film? I don't know. I don't know. Before, I have no 19th? idea. I've seen it's Brazil. It's gonna be
0: a mystery. There's
2: some. Or so. All right, tune in. Yeah.
0: yeah. You'll see. Yeah, until next week when That's, you find out what I do pick.
3: Yeah, none of these shows yeah. come out in order and we never follow what we say we're going to do, anyways. So. Yeah. Yeah, good
2: luck, <laughs> fuckers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. would be a moment if it was other shows up.
3: available on the
0: Fawcast Network, such as. Going down on <laughs> self. <South Park. laughs> <laughs> wow. He had uh, to check the mic for that. The Politankering Podcast. And yep. Oh my Liter- God. The microphones. Literally, literally literary. Literally.
1: And. Forecast.
0: Don't forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to do other recommendations
1: too. Like, uh, so I got to. I, I would recommend uh, uh, sculpting in time. Tarkovsky's book. Yeah, yeah that, actually, uh, you know, I was reading yeah.
0: some of this book. This is fantastic. Yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah. And it's also it's so it's so uh, he's so vulnerable.
3: Oh, this is the book he wrote yeah,
0: in
1: the way yeah. that he oh, yeah. writes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, you know it's he's very uh, it's very like yeah you can find a lot. On, so he also that also looks that, like
0: somebody peed on this book, Derek. Uh, so <laughs> what, happened stuck is, together.
1: <laughs> what happened is it, it got it got left in some water, and then I put it in in my car uh, in the in the back seat uh, during you know uh, so that the sun would hopefully dry it out. But um, like a raisin in the sun was yeah, it pee? It, no, it was not pee. It's, it's sure. not. It's not pretty it's sure it's like not this. urine. Why does it No, it's coffee. That's yours, man. Kidding. Okay. It's coffee. Uh but anyway, um uh yeah, I have a uh, yeah, I have a waterlogged version of it from like uh 20 years ago, so. Yeah. it's uh, it's a very well-loved book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very been through a lot. Uh he also so he also wrote like his diary too is uh, I recommend that too if anybody's interested. Um it's called I think it's Time Within Time is what it's called and it's um Basically from, I think he started in 1970 writing a diary and then up until his death in 86. And kind of just to get, you know, just to get some money, sorry, some moments too where like there's a little more lighthearted stuff. Like uh, there's one entry that I remember reading where he was like, got drunk, shaved my mustache, uh, don't remember doing it. Guess I'll grow it again. That's like <laughs> an entry in his diary. So it's kind of, kind of cool. Like, kind of cool to like see uh, the person behind these things because it, 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 to me, it's kind of like, a, like I could never make something like this. You know, mm-hmm. like I could try to, but I feel like it's so far beyond just the way that I think. Hmm. You know. Yeah. Um. It's kind of like. Seeing a painting and just being like, how could anybody ever do this? You know? Yeah. Um, So to see him and kind of humanize that figure is kind of interesting to me too, you know?
2: Hmm. So I agree. This was a good pick. Yeah. I like Tarkovsky. I'm excited to see some more.
0: You know what I would recommend? Hmm? I would recommend that our. (laughs) Everybody's always pulling the rug out under me. You're what, taking the wind out of what, my sails. What
1: would you recommend? I
0: would recommend Tim? that our listeners let us know what they would like to watch. Or what they would like us to watch. Is there anything before 1960 that you think that uh, that, that we would benefit from watching that maybe Derek hasn't heard of mm. or yeah. seen?
3: That's no, Derek's a, seen yeah, everything.
0: Derek, time. no. He hadn't seen uh, Pallet of a Soldier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> seen that. that? Or Smash. Bedtime for
2: Bonzo.
3: Or Germany Year Zero. Yeah, yeah. That was a first watch for t- Derek. Yeah, Yeah. Bunch I, of so, real, far, real so far so far i haven't
1: felt like i missed anything that i haven't seen so, <laughs> so still working on that feeling like wow what? actually no with this i guess yeah right yeah, with this yeah, because, because this. i only you seen it until yeah Bucking the Cheater. week before yeah i really? cheated yeah i'd put it off for like so long just because i didn't want to you know it's kind of like you don't want to really finish that and then you couldn't wait
3: the last week
1: uh, I just, I also didn't necessarily want to see it with you be guys because I wanted to have like a he also second more viewing watch it with, with us fucking chuds. And yeah, then I, also, I, I didn't know how many fart jokes were going to be in the middle of it too, so, yeah. so I kind of understood. He did you know, mention that to me. Yeah. Because, I did yeah. say that, uh, you know, there might be a fart joke and that would kind of defeat
0: it. Yeah. yeah. Also, there's the British History Podcast starring Jamie Jeffers.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 And is there yeah. something else too that we forgot to do this episode? Yeah. There might be something. What? What? Was it? Man,
0: did
3: we leave the window open? What was it?
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, while you're falling 64 floors or whatever the fuck it 59. is. Yeah. I'm going to uh, go ahead and recommend uh, this week that you go see <laughs> Fast and Furious, Hobgen Shaw. Fuck you. Don't, <laughs> don't go see that. Really? You yeah. know, honestly, don't go
0: see that Tarantino movie either. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It is literally you know, just fine. It's, it's fine. You know, I honestly, enjoyed
3: it. I had a good time. If you're you going to see it, though, see it on the big screen, because that's like where this stuff is.
0: Honestly, yeah. You know, honestly, it, it would also be like, it, it's going to be great at 3 p.m.
3: on HBO someday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just fall asleep to it on a Sunday. You'll yeah. Be, right. Yep. Exactly. right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know. But no, Hobbs and Shaw is just big, dumb summer fun. So if like you like that sort of big, dumb action movie, um, you know, I thought it was pretty decent. It's no, it's nothing fantastic. And I haven't really seen a lot of Fast and Furious movies, but, um, you know, it was just stupid fun. No, yeah,
1: Sometimes you don't want a seven course meal. Exactly. You want like, uh,
0: like cotton candy. Yeah. You want to go through the drive-thru and order 50 chicken nuggets, Well, yeah, after, after
3: chicken nuggets, exactly. after a Tchaikovsky movie, fucking Hobbs and Shaw yeah, might yeah. just be so with the Dr. Order.
1: After seven? I, uh, yeah, of course I got Milner? a
0: ticket to go see that Stuber movie the other day.
3: It's not bad. Stuber's I actually slept, decent.
0: I slept through the You know time. what? I'm, so, I'm going
3: I'm to recommend Stuber over Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Yeah.
0: I keep meaning to see that.
3: Mm.
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll go see it tomorrow. <laughs> well,
3: tune in to see if, she, if yeah,
0: sleeps through. i will tune in next week to see if I pick a movie.
1: Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. uh,
0: yeah, I don't know what I want to pick. Okay.
1: Yeah. We'll just have to wait, huh?
0: Yeah. We'll
3: see. Will Tim pick a movie? Yeah. yeah. Will <laughs> yeah.
0: pick a movie? I don't even know what I want Next week. Because yeah. <laughs> I want to do something
3: interesting, but... Uh- that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Something you know, interesting.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, we're running out of grass to
3: mow. We are, you know? I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. Actually, we've done 20 episodes. episodes. Yeah. Like, we we're have not, not scratched this whole thing. We're Yeah. I mean, we it's we your are. rule. And I'm like, like I, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen any of this shit. Weird, <laughs> but I like, also don't want to watch
1: fucking Queen of the
3: Nile. You know what I mean? Like, if you crack it out, hit. Could go it. earlier,
1: too, than we've gone.
3: That's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, some silent. Yeah, phones,
0: we're gonna watch maybe.
3: the cabinet of, of Dr. Caligari. Well, I thought it was all open. Yeah. You know, we can do you know that Tim Burton movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be sure to check out all the shows in the Fallcast Network. We have the text before calling, Paul Tankering going on South Park, literary, and wild, wild West Um, and of course, the show that you are listening to, which is Celluloid Breakdown. We're spiking. They're all, yeah, we are. They're all valuable available at Fallcast.com. That's F-A-U-C-A-S-T, which is also on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Fawcast is where you can go to donate and make Joey not look like the only fool that is going to be giving us money. Um, It helps go to pay for bandwidth and all sorts of things. We might possibly be investing more in the show and the things that you want to hear and see. So please help fund this endeavor, and we will be more likely to give you more of the crap that you want. Yeah. Well said. Yep. Yep. Very well
0: said. The crap
2: that you want.
0: Very well said.